This is our whole new setup. We're in HD now. You're going to look beautiful. <laughs> I don't need... I need uh, not HD. I need, like, cheesecloth. I need Vaseline. Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day. Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. No, we're all uh, in HD. We got multicolored. Look at the colors. Different colors for the buttons now. I like that's it. huge. When you get lit up colors, that's what I thought the future was gonna look like when there's computers in like yeah. 2015. Yeah. I thought it would be like the inside of like a spaceship. Because that was Star Trek. That's yeah, what like multicolored. Like that's all how. of our buttons are that's the same how. color. That is how, right? <clears throat> that's the TriCaster. So we're in HD now. You're beautiful, baby. You're beautiful. <laughs> look at you. You're beautiful. Oh, fuck. I need hair. Where's my hair and makeup? <laughs> What's going on, man? You fucking savage world traveler. You're the most savage world traveler I know. You're the dude. Oh, no. I'll get a text message from you, and you're in fucking Bulgaria or some mm. shit. You're in North Korea on some wacky cell system that the communists use. <laughs> you're you're all over well, the world. I, I, I didn't text you from North Korea because they won't let me. But uh, yeah, I was just in Antarctica in the South Pole. Yeah, that's hard yeah. to get to. Very hard to get to. You were one of the. Your special was one of the first things that I ever saw on North Korea that mm. made me like really start to investigate it. Like I knew that they had. Sure. There was a lot of human rights violations and this horrible uh, things that they're doing to people in prisons. But yeah, I I when you going to those fake restaurants yeah. and having these people take you around and trying to present you with this image of what yeah. North Korea is like. Like, oh, it's just like everywhere else. Come yeah. here. Yeah. And, and you were, like, really, you know, talking about it pretty openly on yeah. camera while you were there. And that made me really, like, start to look into it. And this is before all this uh, shit has gone down with the interview, of course, and before, before people really... I think, like, after his dad died, yeah. that's when people really got a sense of, like, well, this is not going to end here. Yeah. Like, this crazy communist... This is, like, the last real crazy communist dictator. Yeah. Like, the last old-school sort of utopian communist, uh, you know, cult of personality. They're God. They're, you know, the president. They're the... They're, you know, George Washington. They're everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's still going on, which is is crazy. In fact, they, they picked Kim Jong-un because he looked like his grandfather, Kim Il-sung. And so the people were like, oh, you know, they're the same guy kind of thing. God. It's so weird. I mean, I, I was always aware. I'm one of those people that uh, I'll get something in my head, and then that will be stuck in my head for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like yeah. for, for a long time was the Mongols, and people were like, dude, will you just sure. shut the fuck up about the Mongols? And did I was, you see that movie Mongol? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so good. Pretty good. So you good. know what's really good, man? Marco Polo on really? Netflix. Oh, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it deals with Kublai Khan, who's sure. like uh, the descendant, the grandson of of, Genghis. Uh, of Genghis Khan. Genghis. Yeah, yeah supposed to, I always said Genghis, but you should say Genghis. Yeah. But but then I got into North Korea after your show, after right. watching you in that restaurant, going like, what a weird charade this is. Yeah. The government's putting on a charade for journalists. Yeah. And also, I was thinking like, they fucking they kidnap people. Man. Sure. Like, you going there and doing that was pretty dangerous. Yeah, there's another film. Um, we we interviewed the woman, actually. Uh, I think they just sold the rights where they're making the film. It's a crazy story of... Um, <clears throat> there, there was, like, basically the Orson Welles of South Korea. So after the war, they had this crazy film scene going on in South Korea. And there was, like, the Orson Welles and, like, the hottest start at the Marilyn Monroe, basically, right? And they're husband and wife. And they end up getting into a fight. And the wife goes to Japan. She's crying. She's pissed off. She goes to Tokyo. Boom. Disappears, right? And, and no one can find her. What the fuck's going on? So he goes to Tokyo. Boom. He disappears. Now, it turns out they were kidnapped by the North Koreans, right? By Kim Il-sung. 
Yeah. And so they had made this film studio, which I actually went to. It's a complete replica of 20th Century Fox back in the 50s. And they make all these anti-American films. Anyway, it turned out that the woman who he kidnapped, he turned into sort of a, a sex slave and the star of all these North Korean propaganda movies because he used to make a ton of movies. They get the husband and say, now you're going to direct her in these movies, right? They, they kidnapped him in Tokyo. And he said, fuck you, I'm not going to do that. So they had put him in a concentration camp, which a Korean concentration camp may be the worst place in the world. So he's eating grass and he's being tortured. Five years, right? Five fucking years he's in this concentration camp. Finally, he says, okay, I'll do it. I'll direct the films. So they let him out. And he goes to Kim Jong-il's you know, palace. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, there's his wife. And his wife all of a sudden realizes, holy shit, he's A, alive. B, he came to get me. C, he's been in the concentration camp. And he realizes, oh, she's been eating sh shrimp pate all day, <laughs> fucking Kim Jong-il, while I'm in the concentration camp. In any case, they get together and make like seven movies, big movies for North Korea. And in fact, one of them called Escape no joke, called Escape, get, wins a Moscow like Oscar, like a Soviet Oscar at the time. As a reward, they get to go to Vienna, which was their dream because it's where the third man was, was, uh, was uh, filmed. He then, and, and she, in, in, in their tour of Vienna, they get, they're, allowed, they're allowed to tour Vienna, they defect. And they get out, and finally they they escape. And then he, he they told the story, and now they're making a movie about it. So they're probably gonna shut that. Whoever puts that out is gonna get shut down too. What the fuck? That is the craziest story ever. Yeah, true story. Yeah. That a guy can still live like that. I mean, that's that's basically the same as people lived five thousand years ago. I mean, yeah, that kind of shit. Crazy. Kidnapping people, kidnapping forcing the wife yeah. to be a sex slave, forcing the husband into a concentration camp, sure. torturing him, yeah, crazy. starving him. Yeah, Fuck. it's completely insane. Whenever you whenever you start dealing with North Korea. At a, in any level about anything, it's crazy as fuck. It's just amazing that it's still around like that. Yeah, it is. It's just such a it's such an archaic idea. Yeah, it's. I mean, it really is. It doesn't fit in no. what we think of as 2015, the modern world. Although it wasn't that long ago, you know that you had Stalinist Russia, you had Maoist China, you had Hitler's Germany, where people just went, "Yep, that's the dude. He's the one who tells us how to do everything." You know, but it's. I think it's really disturbing because it's happening now. And even though, like, forty years ago or fifty years ago, isn't that really that long ago? Right. Now, it's feels shocking. like that could be us. But I think if you look at what's happening in Russia, it's not so far away because, obviously, the the, the thing about North Korea, which is weird, is it's like going back to nineteen thirty eight. You know, it's like going back in time. But the thing about Russia, if you go to Russia now, they're like they're. Is no economic crisis. America did this to us. The oil is falling because America did this to us. It's it's total Cold War rhetoric, and 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 Putin is, you know, the new czar. He's 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 taken over all power, and he you know he runs the press, and you know he runs everything, and and it, it's definitely not going forward in Russia. It's going backwards. Yeah, he's a weird case, isn't he? I mean, it's just so blatant that this guy is a dictator. When you see what happens when. There's any sort of dispute over there, and even with these oligarchs, sure, they take their, they out. take them, Boom. they put them in jail, Boom. and they take their businesses. Yeah, yeah, sure. And he's done this more than once, sure. right? He, yeah, did, yeah. he did, do, did it to a guy recently, yeah. and he only wound up taking one of his oil businesses. Yeah, and you know he's done it with, with famously with Gazprom and Rosneft, 
um, where, you know, one guy became the richest dude in the world and three other guys got either assassinated or went to jail. So I think that when you look at it, you know, uh, it's a tough place to do business, Russia, unless you're... <laughs> Unless you got a key card to the Kremlin, you're yeah. not going to get anything done. I mean, it's so blatant. Yeah. It's so blatant. It's so strange yeah, that that just, can happen. They just reactivated 28, 28 Cold War bases this year. So they were done. Okay, Cold War is over. Yeah, fuck, we're done. Boom, 28 bases reactivated. You're like, uh, <laughs> what? Do you think that they feel like the only way to recharge the economy is being a full-blown conflict with the United States? Yeah, I think that it was a humiliation in Russia. Um, you know, we look at sort of Gorbachev and Yeltsin and go, oh, you know, they finally came to their senses and joined the world and whatever. You know, Yeltsin drank a bit too much or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> that's seen as a huge humiliation. As, we, you know, we were, at, if not number one, we were number two for a long time. And then we went to be in an also-ran. And that was a, there was a lot of resentment there. A, B, then as oil came on the ascendancy, they're like, okay, we're going to throw our weight around. So they were, you know, subsidizing oil. For example, Cuba was subsidized oil. You know, one of the reasons why they're like, oh, let's be friends again is there's no more oil subs subsidies. And it's the same thing in, in, in the region. And then I think what happened is Putin came along and said, Russia's the best again, and we're going to fuck with people. and We're going to take back our land that they took from us and we're going to take back this and our military is the best and we're going to put more money in the military and we're going to reactivate these bases and people went yeah good why not by the way you've got to remember <laughs> you got to remember too that they grew up where we were the boogeyman right so it's not to like you know all the old people like if you look at the fox news people they're like yeah fuck we fucking russia those they're all commies well all the people in russia are going i know the americans eat the babies you know and and yeah. so it's not that much of a stretch. Well, and if you look at, like, the way we behave abroad, I mean, the fact that we have multiple wars going on, that we have yeah. drone attacks. On their, on their border. We, we look scary as fuck to yeah, someone yeah. outside of us. Sure. Remember that Remember that Sting song, uh, The Russians Love Their Children Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember listening to that song and, and thinking, was it Sting or The Police? might have been, the, I think it was Sting. I yeah. think it was when The Police. It was, sounds like Sting, but it was the era of The Police. Yeah, um, and he was, you know, I mean, we thought of them, like, as that it was going to kill everybody. It was, there was yeah, going to be a nuclear sure. war, the Russians were going to kill yeah. everybody. It hovered over our head yeah, yeah. all the time. I well, remember, you and I grew up at the end of the Cold War when it was still full on. Yeah, it's Propaganda terrifying. and shit. You ever watch, like, war games? Yeah. And, like, that was just a given. Yeah, of course we're going to destroy each other. It's just a matter of time. And then when you get to school and you find out about the Cuban Missile Crisis, you yeah, go, yeah. Wait, wait, how close yeah, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like, they were going to, what? Yeah. We were going to go to nuclear war with fucking For what? Cuba? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. The yeah. idea that that almost happened or could it's have crazy. happened or it got even, like, step one in a three-step process of happening. Yeah, it's completely insane, and we had this small interim of sanity where we all went hey yeah. those guys were crazy it's a good thing we're not like that anymore and now we're going yeah we still have all those warheads pointed at them they still have all those warheads pointed at us and you're like well why it really is amazing if you think about how long people have been alive for it really is amazing that we've only dropped two nuclear bombs yeah since 1947 yeah i mean just those two yeah and that was it well they're bad so they scared the they're shit out so of us bad, but we, everything else, 
we keep doing. Yeah. Everything else is fucked up, we keep doing. But that was the one thing that we ever yeah. did that was so brutal. Yeah. And so real. There was no way of morally, like, rationalizing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no even us at our craziest, and even the Russians at their craziest, you know, we never did it. But the problem is, is we were rational actors. We were like, even if we hated each other, and even if there was propaganda, we're still rational actors. The problem, the worry is, you have irrational actors, like Pakistan has over 100 war, uh, warheads, and they're rapidly becoming an irrational actor because they're losing control over their country to the Taliban, who, you know, who, who are, are who's, who's a... Uh, agenda is clearly stated that they want to fuck us up so i mean that's that's where it gets terrifying <sighs> but we shouldn't well, it's the new year joe we shouldn't no, start you, off we shouldn't get <laughs> we shouldn't get straight into like you know and, w and the the vector for warhead number 6179 Dude, is carmel california i have these conversations with you more than anybody <laughs> i know because you're the one who you're the one who actually goes to these fucking mm. places you go, you actually go well, to I will all these say, creepy, scary spots and come but, back with news. But you know, I, I used to be afraid of of why well, you know I go to all these war zones and I still am. But you know, war is bad. Everyone always says, "Well, we go to war and they picture sort of manly GI Joe type shooting each other," and it generally doesn't look like that. It's lots of collateral damage and women and children being fucking blown to shit, and then guys go in there and get PTSD and get their ass shot off. But you know, the thing is, is one of the things that I recently came back from that fucked me up. Like, really, I mean, I'm to the point where I'm having a kind of an existential crisis going, well, what's it all mean? Is I went to the South Pole because we did this, um, we did this piece on Greenland melting, which won us the Emmy last year. We got a lot of, uh, uh, whatever, uh, discussion around it on both sides of, uh, of the, uh, of the debate. Although why it's a fucking debate, I don't know. But anyway, the Arctic is melting. One of the things that's happening, the reason why the Cold War is heating up again is the under the Arctic ice, there's tons of oil and gas, and Russia doesn't have any other money besides oil and gas. So Russia literally went, put the flag in the Arctic Circle. We talked to the guy who did it and said, well, we own all this now. We're taking all the oil and gas. Of course, every country that borders them is a NATO country, and if you attack one, you attack them all. So this is why the Cold War is heating up. People are afraid. Anywho... So we go, the Arctic is melting, Greenland's melting. Everyone now is like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll give you that. We'll give you Greenland's melting and the Arctic's melting. But Antarctica is actually gaining in ice. So, like, it's kind of evening itself out, which is crazy to begin with. But we're like, okay, instead of saying you're crazy, we're going to say, okay, fuck it, we'll go. We'll go down and we'll see what the fuck it is. So we go down with NASA. We go down with, you know, the top scientists in the world from, I mean, from from well from about 20 different countries but the top guy is a french guy and we go to the to the south pole <clears throat> and we're like so 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 the, you know the arctic is melting and 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 greenland's melting but antarctica is not like we have we have ice gain and they're like you're <laughs> you're fucking stupid like what the fuck and because what what was happening was there's sea ice right which is like like if it's like a lake you know it freezes and then it it melts. It freezes and it melts. And the, the lake doesn't go up or down because it's, it's the same water. It's like an ice cube that's already in the glass. Right. It just melts. It doesn't. Land ice, the old ice, the shit that's melting, is like putting new ice in the glass. Right? So it right. overflows. That's sea level rise. So they're like, yeah, there's sea ice gain on this side. And on this side, 
the sea, so the sea ice is the shit that doesn't matter. And on this side, land ice is fucking melting as fast as it can go. Land ice is a scary shit. Because land, land ice, ice is, is adding the new water in. So right. that's sea level rise. That's glaciers. Glaciers, exactly. So I go down there and I go with all these different scientists. I go on planes with lasers and radar to fucking measure everything. And all these dudes and scientists and everyone like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, like, bored. Like, yeah, it's a given. It's melting. It's going to melt. We're done. It's going to fucking melt. And we're like, well, why don't we know about that? And they're like, well, we do. I mean, we publish the reports, publish the data, NASA published the data. It's fine. Publish the data. And you're like, um, I'm a guy who does this for a living, and I don't know this shit. Like, why the fuck? So, you know, we got the top scientists, and we went through the thing, whatever. And they're like, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah, it's going to be, you know, three meters, four meters. And and at that point, you're like, well, that remaps the world. Shouldn't we be making a bigger fucking deal about this? Because, you know, and I always get a shit for shit talking about, I'm not, a, you know me, I'm not a tree hugger. I'm a fucking beer-drinking, football-loving, <laughs> steak-eating guy. But when I see shit like this, I go, uh, why the fuck aren't we freaking the fuck out? Because all the wars in the world don't matter if we add you know, three, four meters of, of sea level rise. So don't get anything on the ocean in Malibu. Don't do that. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Is that the hidden message here? Don't, well, <laughs> don't try if you to be do, that dude. If you do, sell it within five years. But those yeah. dudes that live in those stilt houses, like how confident are you yeah. that the ocean's not going to take your place, man? You yeah, get yeah. stilts into the sand? Yeah. Oh, it's anchored in cement. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's going to stop the ocean. The ocean, yeah, yeah. How big, anyway, how much quicker is is this happening? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, we don't have to get thing, into right? this because we're back into doom and gloom. But it's okay. The it's it's going so. But isn't I, water good? The IPCC report. Well, the one thing is, is we won't. It looks like a lot of people won't die because they'll move, right? We we're, we have legs and we mm -hmm. can move. We can build new cities and shit. The problem is, is you know we 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 go to antarctica and all these t they're all scientists they're all old dudes and they're like they're you know very clinical yes well we'll lose three meters and this will mean this and this and this and then you go to bangladesh which is sort of at sea level and it, they're just you know i think last year alone there was like 20 million climate change migrants so then you go to the city and it's just i mean it's fucking you know it's just everything breaks down nothing works it's just there's 20 million people in a city that's built for 2 million people it's just it's it's just crazy and you're like when you see it you go oh rich people or whatever will be able to move up the hill or colorado or whatever the fuck it is and everyone else is just like well you guys have to stay in the garbage heaps and see how you, how you can do it and when 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 you see it going forward, like I'm a I'm a positive guy. I believe things you know genuinely have gotten better throughout history, and quality of life has gotten better, and health has gotten better, and all this shit. But at, 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 at you know you're you're basically saying, well, if there's going to be hundreds of millions of people forced to move because of this, then that's going to cause chaos. Chaos generally isn't good for anyone who isn't a young 20-year-old dude with a club in his hand, you know. Yeah, and even him. It's really yeah, not good but he, for him. It's good for him for a bit. What is the long... <laughs> Until somebody with a bigger club... A bigger done. person with yeah. a, who's better at hitting people with clubs. <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is the longest pipeline we have as far as oil? Like, I know there's... That's what, what one of the Keystone? issues is that Keystone pipeline well, and they're trying to get oil all the yeah. way from Alaska, right? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> My question being, why can't we do that with ice? 
with all the water that's draining, just pump it into Cal California needs water. <laughs> just bring a pipeline of water down here and just spray that stupid Death Valley area. That area is stupid. Let's turn Death Valley into well, a forest. Well, you know, you, you can yes, you can do that, but that would be the shit. But the, then it's the ice. It still gets in the and, and the sea tables still whatever, arrive. whatever just buy fucking real estate in greenland <laughs> right because it's gonna well, be like a, a lush tropical that's what community. they're doing people are actually well mining companies because you couldn't get to the to the land before now that mining companies are buying it all up because the ice is melted when was it named was it, was it named greenland ironically or was it named? yeah that's a good point it was named that um because it was iceland and greenland and they switched the names because I believe it was Leif Erikson or Eric the Red. Leif Erikson, not Eric the Red, one of the Reds, one of the Ericsons. Anyway, he went there and he didn't want people because he wanted it to be his own. So he, he named Iceland, Iceland, and Greenland, Greenland to freak them out. Okay, so they went to Greenland looking for, uh, what the fuck, everything's ice. <laughs> yeah. Then you, Iceland's the sweet spot. Yeah, Iceland's the sweet spot. That is a good spot, too. It is a fucking good spot. I love the documentaries on Iceland. You guys did one on the Iceland strongmen. Those yeah, yeah. fucking dudes they're, that just carry rocks around up there. They're, they're ridiculous people. <laughs> There's some crazy genetics going on up there. What is that? I gotta move there. What the fuck is I'm that? I'm just gonna move there. Those guys big, are freaks. They're big. They're big motherfuckers. They're so big, they're like freakish, like cartoon freakish. But, they, but, but what's, what's weird about it is that there's a ton of them. It's not like one dude, yeah, one right? genetic anomaly could lift a fucking car above his head. It's like there's 17 of them. They're all the strongest dudes in the world. They're all from one fucking tiny yeah. little place. They all have those crazy fucking names, too, that are really <laughs> yeah, difficult to yeah. pronounce. They're, there's always a Magnus in there. <laughs> like those they're guys are groomed so, from the late. Yeah, they're so, they're so mad. But I guess they are. I mean, it makes sense. They're like the descendants of Vikings. Um, certainly. They yeah. just lift shit all day. Well, they're just manly as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're the descendants of uh, the some of the greatest conquerors and the most yeah. barbaric conquerors ever it's just that that genetics doesn't just stop it's those also, people keep fucking even if they're not in jail like whoever lived or whoever was like the the product of sex with one of those men <laughs> like if those women lived and their children lived even if the viking didn't live that's like you're talking about some insane genetics probably it's also not like la or, or, you know, let's say Panama, where you can pick the bananas off the trees. Like, to live in Iceland, you got to be tough as fuck. you got to go out on freezing cold water and, like, stab a cod with a spear. Yeah. Like, it's it's, it's hard. Cold. It's, it's cold and forbidding. you got to learn how to drive in the ice. Yeah. It's fun as hell, though. I, I, I love Iceland. It's a great place. I love Greenland, actually. I, I went there and, and, and was blown away by how beautiful it was. Did you eat that shark dish that they have that's supposed to be disgusting? That fermented <coughs> no, shark? No, it's fermented puffin, I believe. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I did not. I'm not into fuck. I, you know, I'm not like the... My thing is to go to weird countries and, and shoot the newsy bits, not eat the shit, because I get the shits anyway. So <laughs> if I'm eating fermented puffin, I'm like, I'm not getting on that plane. I so. feel like it's a shark dish. It's a, or maybe it's a... I know pickled, they have... Maybe it's pickled I know they have fermented puffin, and it's the most disgusting oh fucking thing in the world. But they eat because it Because like it comes crazy. from... It comes from matjes or whatever it's called, which is the fermented herring, which they had to make illegal in Sweden because it stank so bad. <laughs> so they made it like you can't make it in your house or shit anymore. You can't make it. No. It's illegal. But it's a Swedish national because <laughs> it stinks so bad. And then oh. and then instead of the fermented herring, they did the fermented puffin, which I don't know. Well, they might the do that as well, that but idea. they they do do a shark thing. Mm. It's called uh Hakari. Okay. Hakarl? I guess it's Hakarl. 
All right, whatever. I don't know how they talk. It's it's a very interesting pronunciation. Um, but it, it's a Greenland shark uh, or other sleeper shark that's been cured with a particular fermentation process and hung to dry for four to five oh, yeah. months. Yeah, it t- turns black. <laughs> it turns black. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it hanging. Oh, my God. Look up fermented puffin now. <sighs> Give me my five minutes. Fermented puffin. Fermented puffin. And uh, is a puffin the, the, the deadly cute, one? No, puffin is the, the cute, lo- it's like a cute looking bird, I think. Oh, and Icelandic they, delg. Yeah, they, apparently they ferment a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah they ferment uh, a puffin. They ferment a puffin. Which is a bird. Yeah, a cute little bird and they ferment the fucker. And it <sighs> reeks so bad. And then, you know, it's one of these things where you have to eat it or whatever. And I, I used to go, I'll eat it, I don't care. And then you're just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to eat the fermented puffin. I think if you live in a place as, <clears throat> like, scary as far as climate and mm. as harsh as Iceland, you learn how to eat fucking everything. Yeah. Like puffins, they just, you know how they do it? They, they call it sky fishing, apparently. It says uh, they're hunted by sky fishing, which involves catching low-flying birds with a big net. <laughs> So they just like, they have nets in the sky. They, then they scoop up all these birds. How about that? They scoop up birds from the sky as they're flying, ferment them until they're rotten, and then eat them. Oh, <laughs> oh this is so disgusting. Uh, they they bottle it, and there's all sorts of different ways they cook it. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, well, smoked and cured sometimes. Uh, but the fermented one is this disgusting. No, I'm not, I'm not doing the fermented puffin. The Greenland, sh- the one, the basking shark is what I saw Bourdain eat. Right. And uh, it looked pretty foul. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Oh, no, we don't want to do that. But it's that must be they <sighs> develop a taste for it because you need that protein. There's not a lot of options. I guess so. I mean, I, I smell the, the fermented herring that the Swedes do, and you're like... It's, Why? It's like hardcore, hardcore ammonia. And you're like, how... Wha- like... It's it's telling you not to eat it. Yeah. Like, why would the fuck would you eat it? <laughs> anyway, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, what what happens to a person's body? Does that, like, do they get, get know, accustomed to it? Is it like a... I have no idea. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I have no idea. I mean, unless you're starving. And Iceland gets supplies. Well, you know, now. you have a weird thing. Like, kids, you know, you develop your taste when you're a kid and, like... Do you know what natto is? You know? No. It's like fermented beans, very strong taste. Everyone in Japan eats it for breakfast. Natto, oh, delicious natto. And it's like, it's like fermented, like rotten, rotten, sticky beans. And Ugh. it's, it's, but, you know, again, you go there and, and they love it. And they eat it with a, a sort of strong mustard. But um, you go to a lot of places. I remember, you know, I was sick somewhere. <laughs> anyway, it was somewhere. Uh, maybe it was Kathmandu. Anyways, I was sick, and they brought me the spiciest, like, craziest fucking chili, like, you know, vindaloo. And and I was like, I'm sick. I want, like, a grilled cheese sandwich and ginger ale. Like, you know, I want to... And they brought me the spiciest, crazy chili shit. And it, it's just, look, everybody has a different, I don't know, a different, you know, comfort food or whatever when they're sick or whatever they believe they're going to eat or something. Well, they say that fermentation is how people figured out how to make alcohol. Yeah. They figured out they got drunk from fermented things. Mm-hmm. Do you get, is there a certain amount of intoxication you get from those fermented maybe, things? Maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. I know alcohol, it was a way to transport water. Wine was a way to transport water. They're like, oh, because a lot of places they would go to, it was a big thing. Anthrax was huge because the the animals would go to, you know, and they fall in the water. And then the, the whole pond or the whole water source becomes anthraxy. 
That's where anthrax comes from. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so it just comes from like a decaying animal? Yeah. And wow. so and so it was a lot of water was unsafe. So like, oh, we need to figure out a way to carry water with us. And they figured out a lot of ways, but wine was one of them. Well, oh, we can carry this for, you know, years. We can carry this. And they didn't have corks. They just put a bit of olive oil on top of it, which would seal it. And I was like, that means that if you go logically, they were drinking a shit pile of wine because they were like, well, I'm not going to trust the water because I don't know that the animals haven't died in it. So I'll just drink wine all day, every day. So they else. lived off wine. That is hilarious. Yeah, well, yeah. that explains like a lot of the crazy shit that people did, <laughs> yeah, did back yeah. then. Just drunken bands of marauders going yeah. from hillside to hillside. Yeah. That's really crazy if you stop and think about it. Like the people that were traveling and drinking wine yeah. exclusively for hydration. Yeah. And what the difference it must have been on the way they thought and behaved. Sure. That explains a lot of history. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it we're really figuring, does, right? We're figuring it all out here. Yeah, we figured out two things. We figured out we just got to get a pipeline. <laughs> a pipeline from, from, from Greenland. An, from Antarctica just or pour, Greenland, sure. Pour that water into Palm Springs, the Palm right. Desert, all right. that area. Just right. fucking make it a lush it. tropical it. forest. Mm. We could do that. All right. Just how about a big pipe and like a sprinkler system over L.A.? It just rains. Well, LA needs, L.A. needs water. Imagine if that's what it came down to. We have artificial, like, high rail, uh, like, shower systems over cities. We, it doesn't rain anymore in L.A., so L.A. decided it needed a shower system. It would cause a lot of <laughs> a lot of news saying we're going to reuse the Keystone Pipeline not for oil but for glaciers so that we can actually have water. That would be badass. Nobody would oppose that. Who would oppose moving water? Well, if oil keeps going down and water keeps going up, it'll be economically feasible. You'll make more money selling water than you will. It'll be a commodity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the projection, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to actually have a, an issue with fresh water within the next 50 to 60 years. Oh, sure, we have an issue with it now. Well, when you see those lakes in Texas, if you've been to Austin, yeah, sure, they have yeah, Lake yeah. Travis and Lake Austin. And Lake yeah. Travis, they don't artificially it's, feed. Yeah. Lake Austin looks badass. Yeah. But Lake Travis is vanishing. Yeah, all the uh, yeah we did a piece on it. All the, the the houseboats and everything are sitting just on like not even dry land, like caked, like scorched land. Yeah, and the the docks are nowhere near the water anymore. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Like hundreds of yards. It's yeah. weird. It's like you well, look Texas at it. has been in drought now for three years. Three years. As is California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I think theirs is worse. Theirs is worse. Also, yeah. they have a lot of agriculture there too, right? They have a lot agriculture of agriculture farms. The big and, thing is now the the I believe the numbers are like staggering. Like one third of of beef cattle are gone. Whoa. Like you know, like just tr which it, which. In Texas is a huge number. It's millions and millions. Of we people. have a lot of agriculture in California, but do we have nearly as much as Texas has? <clears throat> I think... Uh, like, who needs more water? Well, I think there's more straight-up ag agriculture in California, but there's more uh, like livestock and shit, and shit yeah. in Texas. You know there's as many tigers in Texas as there are in the wild? <laughs> That's tragic and weird. That's amazing. But there's, yeah, I mean, there's not that many left in the <laughs> wild, and there's a lot of crazy people in Texas who want to buy one, so yeah. it doesn't surprise me. Texas has a huge population of these wildlife parks. They have right. wild game parks where you could go, like, shoot a zebra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with yeah, a right. compound bow, you could go hunt a zebra. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they have these crazy fucking parks where they have wild animals. And it's not just a few. Yeah. There's a lot of people have private collections. I've heard of that. And I've, uh, my favorite story is not actually in Texas, but uh, in, in Colombia, where 
uh, Escobar loved wild animals, so he bought like hippos and elephants and tigers. And then when uh, you know it all went to shit, they just went into the jungle, and they're just procreating and living there now. Jeez, <laughs> and you're like, it's kind of that's kind of cool, actually. You know, I guess. it's probably environmentally. They're not supposed to have elephants in in uh, in Colombia, but uh, having the 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 animals sort of set free into the wild is, I think, is, I think is good. Yeah, well, there's um, there's a lot of people in this country uh, that have private collections right. where they have wild yeah. animals. There was the guy that lived in Ohio. Yeah. He opened his gates, let all of his animals out, and then blew his brains out. No. Yeah, and the wow. cops cops showed up, and you know there's all these wild animals, including these dangerous ones like lions and shit. Right. So these cops have to shoot these animals. Oh. Like they can't even save them because you right. can't let them go out into the wild. Oh, I mean, right. it's not the wild. Like, yeah, it's goddamn yeah. cities. And, you know, it's yeah, a yeah, suburban yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. It's close by. So yeah. they kind of just wind up shooting all of them. But well, it's just, guy was fucking crazy. But yeah. you can just do that. You can have tigers in your yard. Like yeah. Mike Tyson had a tiger. Yeah. Like you can have a tiger. Like that is insane. Yeah. Like there needs to be a law on that. Like that, that seems Especially, even yeah, more ridiculous than guns. <laughs> there's no more tigers left in the world, but. You know, Joe Blow down in Dallas can just say, I'd like a tiger, send me one. Listen, son, I got the healthiest tiger community in all of North America. These here tigers, yeah. these are direct from India. Yeah. I don't fuck with them Siberian tigers. They're yeah. slower, okay, they're lazy, <laughs> they don't kill. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a ton of wild game parks in yeah, Texas. I did where not they, know that. They took a lot of animals that were almost extinct in Asia and then they're thriving in Texas. Really? Yeah, species of deer. Wow. Like, um, like uh, there's many species of deer that they have that they take from other countries uh, and they bring to uh, America and they put them in these game parks, especially in Texas. And right. then they can hunt them anytime they want. Right, right, because right. Because they right. become like a commodity. Instead right. of it being like there's seasons for deer and there's seasons for <coughs> elk and there's seasons right. for everything else, but these animals that are non that are, that are non-native, yeah. you can hunt them anytime you want. Right. So they bring them over there just specifically for that purpose. But so they're thriving. Wow. Because they're worth something. Right, right, right. Which is really kind of trippy. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, you want the animals to be thriving, but it's kind of weird that the only way they're thriving is if d dudes yeah. can get out there and shoot them. <clears throat> but and it, this is, uh, you know, not a uh, a tremendously popular. Uh, um, <clears throat> sort of argument, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Like when we we did this uh, piece on um, uh, rhino uh, poaching, you know, they they killed the rhino just for the horn because yeah. they sell it in Vietnam as an aphrodisiac. And the guy who is trying to save the rhinos is saying, you know, legalize it and we'll take the horns off because you can take the horn. It's like you know, you can, it's made of like it's like hair. Yeah, you take the horn off and we'll just sell it, and then. Therefore, they don't have to kill the rhinos for the horn. It'll just be a market. And everyone's, you know, freaking out, saying no, no, no. But you're, but as long as dudes who are poor can make a ton of money for killing a thing to take the horn, they will. Whereas if you just say, okay, well, you know, we'll give you the fucking horn and you can do whatever you want. You have as many boners as you want. Go nuts. That's the only way to save them is capitalism is killing them. So capitalism has to save them. And Initially, you go, well, that doesn't sound right. But when you think about it, you're like, well, okay, yeah. Then the problem is, well, somebody will be, like, someone will regulate it. And, like, a company, you know, you know, GM will make the money out of the legal rhino horns, but they'll still be illegal rhino horns because the 
the guys will get disenfranchised and they'll, they'll get screwed out of it somehow. But in any way, the argument that you have to make it as economically viable to do the thing because otherwise they'll just kill to get killed out. Imagine if rhino horns really did give you a hard on. Rhinos would have been extinct a long fucking time ago if it really <coughs> well, worked. But the other thing is, is like you're like rhino horns give you hard on and whatever. You're like just, just fucking buy Viagra. Yeah, they don't have that. It's ninety nine cents. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot cheaper than rhino because it's expensive. It's like you know twenty grand for a piece of rhino, and you're like, <laughs> you get fucking a vat of Viagra for that. You could bathe in Viagra. <laughs> Be the rest for, of your yeah, life. Yeah, like, supply, what the fuck? taking you know, it like, all day, every day. Like, what the fuck? It's twenty you know, grand. That's so oh, it's hilarious. so expensive. It's crazy expensive. But it doesn't do anything. It's just like eating someone's hair. Yeah, I mean, it's or, so similar. I'm gonna grind up fingernails. Yeah, I'm gonna grind up like hair and fingernails. Yeah, and uh, and that's gonna get, get me hard. But but <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like. Just take fucking, you know, they bootleg Viagra for like a penny. I mean, yeah. Anyway, well, they also put it in those uh, boner pills that you buy at gas stations. Like they, they those boner pills. That they you, put Viagra. Yeah. They put uh, Viagra. Rhino horn. No, they put Viagra. Okay. <laughs> those those boner pills itself for like three ninety five for like a little packet. You know. I gotta go try them. I don't know. I don't know those ones. Red Band takes them all the time. That uh, fucking freak. He's uh, always buying them. And I'm like, why won't you just buy real Viagra so you know what the fuck you're taking? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. this crazy shit from this gas yeah, station. Yeah, you know, it's called yeah, Red Hot yeah, Super Dick. Yeah. You know, but yo, I got two packages of Red Hot Super Dick. What's right. in them? I don't know, but the shit works. Like uh, that's no worse. That's no better than eating rhino horn. That's just stupid. Well, it's no better than eating garbage you find on the street, but. We, we did another piece on that that I found fascinating because I didn't know anything about it was that, you know, you have, the, you know, like, first of all, bath salts, you know, people were like fucking and then eating each other and like, you know, <laughs> fucking while they eat them. And I'm like, what, how, what are they doing? How, how do they have bath, like bath salts? And they're like, well, it's not, they're not fucking bath salts. They call them bath salts, but you can buy them in the, in the corner store. And now they have like, they're legal, you know, they have fake cannabinoids or they have fake, uh, uh, whatever other kinds of chemicals that get you high, whatever. And what happened was in New Zealand, um, meth was such a huge problem that they that they went to the government and said, let's make like a healthier version of meth or you know speed, <laughs> but like with just with you know chemi like real chemicals and stuff. And so they did. They legally made you know drugs, pills. And and the meth problem went down, and the, the you know the, they were a healthier version of drugs or whatever, but they were like selling them next to like chocolate bars and shit. <laughs> so the 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 you know the moms and everybody went well. This is not cool that you can buy meth next to the chocolate bars. Quite rightly, and and they so they banned them again. But what happened was, online you can go and just change the molecule, and and before the the DEA you know, get catch up, you just change it again. And in China, they have these companies where you can just email them saying DE to the power of seven. And they're like, right, I'll send you 10 kilos tomorrow. So that it comes in, they just mix it up, put it in a package with Scooby-Doo on the cover and say, there you go. And you can sell them legally until you have to change the molecule again. And there's like, they, they, you know, you, you, you smoke these things, you snort them, you do whatever. And they're fucking so strong, like crazy strong. And and here's me, Mr. Hipster, going, I didn't even know that fucking existed. You can walk into any corner store and buy these off the rack and just go outside into the back and, and go to Neptune. 
Like it's just... <laughs> <laughs> and have they? They've made it illegal in a few different states, but the problem is they have to specify what exactly exact chemical it and is. They, and they just alter a thing, and then there's a new wave, and then it, they alter a thing, and then there's a, and bath salts was a somebody put the wrong molecule in there, and we decided that we were gonna eat somebody's nose off as we were having sex, and that was oh. one of the side effects. <laughs> Might experience sexual addiction and cannibalism simultaneously. My favorite drug reaction ever was there, there was a drug called Reequip. Mm. And Reequip, they were given to people that uh, suffer from Parkinson's degree. Oh, uh, shit. Parkinson's syndrome. And uh, they gave it to this guy, I think it was in Dublin. And it turned him into a gay sex and junkie, and a gambling junkie. Wow. The guy all of a sudden became gay right. from this Parkinson's disease, started having risky gay sex with men, like right. leaving ads to meet, meet up places, right. meeting guys and having sex with them, had no idea who they were, and gambling. Couldn't right. stop gambling. Like, was just completely addicted to gambling all day long. He just wanted to gamble. And one in court, the, the American equivalent of somewhere around $600,000. Really? So, this guy so they proved, proved that it was... It wasn't drug. just him going, fuck it, I got to get out of jail free card. I'm going for the full bull, bull goose it, loony. I'm fucking. That's what it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted just fucking random <laughs> Oh, I'm taking sex. a weird pill. Get out of jail free. Here we go. I'm going to let my freak flag fly. Yeah, I wonder, like, what, how much you have to prove yeah. in order to win a case like that. Because it was against GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah, you got it. You've got to think he had a pretty... A pretty good case because they would shut him down. Yeah, it has to be locked down tight. Yeah, he won six hundred grand. You could never have like ever played cards or looked at a dick before, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was just like, boom. But he, he was living in a different country though. They might have different standards as far as like what they think. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, pharmaceutical drug companies responsible for. Right. Well, it's Ireland, so there's. Really... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ireland. Well, hit him for a few, Bob. Yeah, what a what a crazy story though. You yeah. remember imagine being a normal guy yeah. and all of a sudden you just can't stop fucking playing cards at gay orgies. <laughs> just like it's just all day your life is consumed with dick yeah. and dice and just whoa come on seven ah, give me that dick. Just a constant chaos of you should be in sales. I'm you know dicks and cards. I'm like that just sounds like a good time. Uh-huh. Uh, tr- re-equipped gay sex trial. Mm. We'll find out where the fuck this was. Yeah. Yeah, the guy was addicted. <laughs> it's on ABC News, man. Wow. Yeah. A Parkinson medication made him a gip- addicted to gambling and gay sex. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> oh, my God. It's hilarious. He was from France, so the whole story is now suspect. I'm so sorry I brought this up to you folks. Right. For sure that guy was just making it up. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up what's happening in France right now. Yeah, that's a segue that and a half. Fucked up. Yeah. Well, we went from funny to yeah, we did. We, we went dark. You know what's really not funny? Um, I've actually seen people that are taking this uh, very interesting stance on this story. Um, the whole story, if you don't know what it is, how do you say the name of the paper? Charlie. Charlie Hebdo. Hebdo. Um, they made these satire uh, cartoons about Muhammad and about uh, Islam. And uh, they were murdered. Ten people and two police officers, 12 people were murdered um, by these uh, Islamic hit people. And there's been all these protests in France and all these marches and everybody's freaking out worldwide. But I've seen some people take the stance that those cartoons were offensive and they, they were punching down. 
that that was satire. They were punching down, and that those those cartoons were racist, and that you know don't they understand that it's offensive? I, I read this a, a tweet actually. Don't they understand that it's offensive not just to Muslims but to one quarter of the people on the planet? That was what they wrote. As if that, in any way, but, like yeah. what, when do we put our foot down and say like you're? I know you're a tolerant person. Whoever's saying this is that you're trying to pre preach tolerance. Yeah. You're talking about tolerance for something that kills people that draw cartoons. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Like, well, look, Charlie Hebdo and, and, and cartoons and humor in general is meant to be a mirror onto ourselves. And, you know, we take ourselves so seriously. And when you start, I believe if you start any type of censorship, you're fucked. Because when, you know, somebody won't like something and then the other person won't like the thing that you like. And once you start down that path, and you say, well, you know, Joe, you know, uh, I hate, the, you know, that you like, you know, Palestine. Well, Shane, I hate that you like Israel. Whatever it is, someone's always, always going to have. And the minute someone gets that, then censorship starts. And the minute censorship starts, it never stops, first of all. Censorship by fear, and we were just, you know, we started the whole conversation about this. Censorship by fear was Nazi Germany. Censorship by fear was Stalinist Russia. Censorship by fear was Maoist China. And if you wrote or thought or said anything against the state, you got killed. And now what we're saying is if you do or say or do anything against a perceived, you know, thing about a religion, then they're going to come get you, right? And people are, like, terrified. Oh, my God, we're not going to show the cartoons. We're not going to show. We're not going to. What do you think? <laughs> like, that there's that many terrorists out there. They're going to kill everybody who retweets a, a fucking cartoon. And that's the insidiousness of 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 terrorism because then you're like if you make fun of anything if you make fun of any political leader or political group or terrorist group or anyone with a gun they can can can, can come out and shoot you and i think that's the whole thing of like uh no they're allowed to fucking say, guess what you're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want and then i'm allowed to say whatever the fuck i want against you but the minute you say you're not allowed to say what you want, and if you do, I'll shoot you, then you can fuck off. And that's what World War II was fought over. That's what World War I was fought over. And if we don't say there can be no censorship, then we should have just given up and said, yeah, fuck, we'll just write whatever Hitler wants us to write because that's what censorship is. I was just shocked at how many people who call themselves progressives were taking the stance that the, the jokes actually were inflammatory and but they they had the same fucking jokes about everybody they, they they were an equal opportunity asshole they fucking went after everybody and that was their job that's their thing they were that it, it's satire it's making fun of shit a you roast know? for the world a roast for the world but they roasted everybody right and so the fact is, you now you're allowed to roast everyone except for these guys because these guys will, will shoot you. you know? Well, not, it's not just that. It's the what's freaking me out is not that just that people are willing to shoot you over a cartoon. That's been freaking me out for a long time. Right. But that somehow or another, people that call themselves progressive will stand up and say, well, you know, I looked at what these people were doing. Sure. What they were doing was really offensive. Like, that's fucking crazy <clears throat> but talk. Yeah, but you know the reason why that's happening. Why is it? <clears throat> because... What's happening now is we're reaching uh, a, a, a critical mass, right? You're reaching a point where, which, by the way, if you look at terrorism, it's been incredibly successful because you're reading a you're reaching a critical mass where, where people are saying, now it will be like this. You know, for example, the 
the fight, the, the, the reaction was always, well, Islam is a religion of peace. Now that's become a joke because everyone's like, well, it's a fucking religion of peace. Why does this continue happening, right? And so progressives or whatever are trying to say, hey, well, maybe, because they realize that the logical conclusion of this, right, is going to be... Is going to be bad. It's going to be okay. There is going to be an effective, as this polarizes, Islamic uh, fundamentalism gets bigger, and then our reaction to that fundam fundamentalism gets worse. Because look, I'm I believe I'm a progressive, a progressive guy. I don't know what that means, but I'm non-political on either side, and I believe I look at things critically. But at a certain point, you're like, well, this is getting bad now, and public opinion is getting heated and the end result of that is going to be you're going to have heated public opinion on one side a bunch of guys with a bunch of guns on the other and it's not going to end well so people it's a type of appeasement right it's a type of well i looked at it it's not so bad well it is bad but it is an intrinsic of appeasement bad. by progressives um, by really liberal people, which uh, the, the same type of people that will shit on Christians but use the term Islamophobic right. to, for any criticism of, and, and any jokes, in fact, any jokes, in fact, about sure. Islam or, or Muslims can be seen as Islamophobic by the same yeah. type of people that w would have no problem shitting Christian, on Christians. Jews, anything it's else. this weird thing. It's because this, this is what becomes well, it's a target. It's appeasement. And, and quite frankly, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Everybody should be game, and, and that's what freedom is all but about. But who's it appeasement to? It's this weird social brownie point thing that they're doing where they're, they're well, maybe. looking uh, at it as an opportunity to criticize racism or criticize yeah. punching down oh, with humor, you know? Maybe. I, I mean, I... Sorry. I'm getting a drink. Sorry. No, no worries, man. I think, you know, for me, I think it's... It's we're afraid of the outcome because if we keep going on this trajectory, the outcome is going to be problematic. I think uh, you have a point there for sure. But I also think one of the things that's going on is there's a bunch of people in this culture um, that have this bizarrely utopian version of what they would like us to be. Like the, the way we should react to uh, anything. People that think that they're a fox. Something, someone that uh, decides to uh, have whatever, any strange idea they may have in their head. We're supposed to be as even-keeled with them as possible. Well, as I don't want to get started on politics possible. in this country. It's not even I, politics. I think politics in this country is fucked. I think it's more a psychology I think it's fucked issue. and it's getting worse. And we could go on till the cows come home about politics in this country. Um one, one thing I would like, if we, if you want, I would be long-winded and boring for most people, but um, I read a book, if anyone wants to read maybe the most fascinating book uh, ever written about the, uh, the, uh, the situation that we're dealing with right now uh, in, with the rest of the world and Islam, is, uh, is called The Siege of Mecca. And it's a true story. It's a journalist who wrote it about in 1979, which was the, 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 the difference... Uh, I believe the year 1400 in the Islamic calendar, there was a siege of Mecca. <clears throat> and uh, a bunch of dudes who were Wahhabists took over Mecca during Hajj, and the royal government, uh, the royal family, couldn't go get them because it's illegal to fight in Mecca. And so there was a standoff, and they were fighting people, shooting each other, and snipers. It's like an action movie. The French Secret Service gave them drugs to drug them, and, 
And uh, at the time, it was the same time that, that was happening uh, the, the, the hostage crisis in Tehran. So the Ayatollah, as a smart dude, goes, yeah, the Americans, the CIA, have taken over Mecca, which, of course, is like the worst thing you could possibly fucking do. So there's this whole uproar. They burnt the embassy in Pakistan. They do all these things because everyone's like, fuck, the CIA have taken over Mecca, you know. And what ended up happening is a long story, but an incredible action movie, an incredible story. But what happened was the royal family had to go to the clerics and say, you've got to give us a fatwa that we can go into Mecca and fight because you're literally not allowed to bring a gun in, a sword, nothing. And so you have to give us a special fatwa to go get these terrorists. And they're like, well, we kind of believe in what they're saying because the, the, the terrorists were actually just Wahhabists saying we need to be more Wahhabists, which is fundamental Islam. So they said, we'll give you the fatwa if you then basically give us money to do what they're asking for, to, to be Wahhabist. So anyways, it happens. They go and they kill the guys, a guy named Juhayman. But then what happens is, from then on, billions and billions of petrodollars, which we pay the Saudi government, then goes to the ulama, the clerics, who then send that money to every country, America, UK, you know, France, you know, Pakistan, and they build the biggest mosques. And because Mecca is like the Vatican would be, and the ulama are like the Pope, they build the biggest mosques and they, you know, spend the most money. And then they say, okay, now you teach Wahhabism. And, you know, when you look at what's happening with ISIS, you say, how the fuck can these guys recruit 50,000 foreign fighters in, in four fucking months? It doesn't make any sense. They're coming from America. They're coming from France. They're coming from England. Because these guys go to these mosques where they're Wahhabist teachings, right? And then when you look at it and, and when you look at what's happening with things happening in France, with things happening in the UK, with things happening in Pakistan, with, you know, where we're saying we're not going to go with the Taliban even in Pakistan, now we're, we're going with ISIS or the Taliban's aligning with ISIS. And you say, how the fuck can that happen overnight? How can it happen that all these people are saying, fuck, yeah, that's great, ISIS? It's because we have the Pope and the Vatican saying that that's good, that Wahhabism is good. So as long as that continues, the problem on the, that side is going to get worse, right? And then as long as that problem gets worse, we are going to fucking react stronger and stronger, as is only human. And that's the problem is, is we're heading for some sort of boiling over. We're heading for some sort of, you know, thing. And I think, and this is me giving people the benefit of the doubt, is that some people are saying, well, fuck, if, if, if we just let into everything now and say, you know, if, uh, everyone's shooting us, if we say the wrong thing, fuck you, let's go, then it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Which, which, which might be inevitable if Mecca keeps on funding Wahhabist uh, Sunni uh, doctrine. Jesus fucking Christ, Shane. Goddamn doom and gloom, son Sorry. of a bitch. The Sorry. world is melting. Sorry. War is coming Sorry. from Russia. 
It's coming Sorry. from maybe North Korea is going to kidnap your wife and force <laughs> her to do porn. No. God damn it. This is all this shit that's Sorry. going on right now. Let's, let's start 15 with some positivity. God damn. You're freaking me the fuck let's out. Let's start with some positivity. What about the... Well, uh, the thing is we can change it all. We're human mm -hmm. beings. We're smart. And I believe there's enough of us now that are woken up and are smart and understand our political and economic power. And we can stop all this shit from happening. Because I'll tell you what, North Korea only exists because people let it exist right global warming only continues because we let it continue i mean fucking uh, the problems that we have with terrorism only continue because we let it fucking continue if humanity as a whole says we ain't gonna fucking do that anymore it would stop tomorrow we would need a lot of people to band together to go after north korea though north korea seems like a huge problem and on top of that don't they have like nuclear weapons i mean how are you gonna stop uh, well, you have to stop it from inside. You have to stop it from inside. But I think that that's where, like, everyone running around freaking out about the interview. Oh, my God, North Korea fucking told us we can't do something. We should be figuring out ways of getting the interview into North Korea. We should, In fact, fuck the interview. We should be figuring out how to get NFL football into North Korea or, or like, fucking, you know, Lassie or Heidi, Dukes of Hazard or any yeah. kind of shit. Because I think, you know, one of the smartest things that America learned after World War One and World War Two is if you expand your troops, it costs a lot of fucking money and it takes a lot of lives. Where if you figure out that Marlboro's, Coke's, McDonald's, and Hollywood, uh, uh, everybody loves them, then guess what? You don't have to fight the war. You won. Everybody's like, fucking, I want to smoke a Marlboro while I'm drinking a Coke and watching Brad Pitt. You know, Gramsci and hegemony. And I think that that, you know, we should be exporting our culture a lot more aggressively to North Korea. And I'll tell you what, Kim Jong-un grew up in Switzerland. He loves basketball. He was watching TV. He knows what fucking time it is. He's, he, he's watched, uh, you know, fucking Dukes of Hazzard. He, or I guess he'd be later, he'd be, what, what's a night, big 90s show? He probably Mork watched Mindy, Dukes of Hazzard, I don't know. just to check it out. I mean, he's into the Detroit Pistons, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? I mean, isn't he a big uh, fan of, uh, what's his face? Rodman? Rodman. Well, he was, yeah, he was, Bulls. They liked the Bulls. That oh, Because okay. it was Jordan, right? Was he on the? What else did he play for? Did he play for the he Pistons? He played Pistons, yeah. And then he played, he played Pistons, for the Bulls. Pistons and Bulls, yeah. You're right. He's got like metal all over his face now. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with that dude? He's a weird dude. He's always been a weird dude. But it's dude. just strange that He's that's the dude. guy that Kim Jong Un is sort of connected to. Well, we sent him there. You know that. Yeah, but how the fuck is that real? Because they love fucking the Bulls. <laughs> I mean, if Michael Jordan would have gone there, and I hope, Michael Jordan, you listen to this, if Michael Jordan would have gone there, it would have been world peace. They would I mean, kidnap him, force him to do ebony porn. <laughs> no, I think I think he, there would have been so much goodwill, he would have said, look, let's just fucking call it a day. Do you think so? If Michael Jordan he would have been, he would. Korea, I think he would have been a godlike ambassador, and he would have been a little bit more sane. Really? Yeah. So you think he could have actually gotten, like, diplomacy accomplished? Well, I think there was di diplomacy accomplished. I think if you look at it, you know, one of the things that, um, well, besides oil tanking, uh, that, that helped detente between Cuba and, and America was baseball. If you look at Puig and, and, and all the, you know, stars that came out of, of Cuba, you know, the, culturally they were just like, okay, fuck it, fuck this, let's just do it. And I think that, you know, the number one sport in North Korea is basketball. Wow. And so it's like if Jordan had gone there or even if the Bulls would have gone there and there had been a real fucking thing and a cultural outreach and whatever, it would have at least sped it up, right? Because that was ping pong diplomacy. They were like, well, we don't actually eat each other's babies. We play fucking ping pong like, like, like Sting, like, you know, the, everybody's kind of, you know, when I went, I was always, I grew up at the end of the Cold War. 
<clears throat> and I was fascinated by propaganda. I was fascinated by Eastern Europe. And when I, as soon as it opened up, I went to Prague, and Prague was always inundated with Americans. So then I went to uh, Budapest, and then I went to Kiev. But it was like, yeah, it's not that much fucking different. They had they had a car and they had an apartment. And they got two weeks and they went to Lake Baltimore. It was a shitty car and it was a shitty, but the fucking guy from point A to point B. And they kind of were pissed off at their government, but they were kind of like, well, whatever, fuck, there's food in the fucking store, you know. And it was kind of shittier. It was a shittier, grayer, you know, scarier, I guess, because of the police version. But in reality, it's like people are fucking people at the end of the day, except for North Korea. I mean, North Korea, it's just fucking crazy. But I think that the more, it's not actually us. We're not doing shit over there. They still think we're the devil. But Chinese people who used to come looked, you know, they were wearing the Maoist suit and with the stars everywhere and they looked the same and they talked the same and they were still revolutionary, are now coming in Hawaiian shirts and with a Canon fucking S5 and a fucking thing. Because our culture got over there. Yeah, I think global culture got there and consumerist culture. I mean, China is the most capitalist country in the world now. But the Chinese who are coming to North Korea don't look like them anymore. They don't act like them. They have fucking laser beams in their hands like phones. They don't have phones. They don't have computers. So they see all this shit from the Chinese and go, oh, okay, something's going on. And I think if we if we just exported our culture that the fact that, hey, guys, you're actually living fucking 100 years ago. You should come and get up to speed with us. I mean, that's what happened in East Germany. You know, East Germany, West Germany, they said, this is never going to come together. Boom. They realized that these motherfuckers over there are driving 911s and I'm driving a fucking Lada. So, you know, that's what won. That's what won the war. Is, is there a way, though, that anybody could ever... I mean, you'd have to get rid of that whole family. You'd have to get rid of that whole... I don't know. I mean... ...government that's running it. I mean, they're not going to soften. The, the family doesn't... I mean, now, I wow, who the fuck knows? I don't know shit. But, you know, from what I know about going there a lot... The military runs everything. It's called military first. The army runs everything. Whenever the army runs everything anywhere, guess what? It's not a ton of fun. <laughs> Kim Jong Un is is uh, is is he looks like his 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 granddad. You know, he's the dad. He, they 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 got him out of power. They killed number two. They fucked with his wife. They did all this shit. Oh, he's got gout. Take him away. They were just saying, saying, hey, you know who's running shit? The army's running shit. Because if the army isn't running shit in North Korea, it's over. Because the minute the army isn't running shit, they're going to all be in line saying, can I please work at Hyundai for some money because I'm fucking hungry. Right. Yeah. It's That's so true. It'll be exactly what happened in East Germany. I got a great idea for a buddy comedy. Mm. How about this? How about uh, Kim Jong-un captures a basketball, a college basketball team from, like, whatever, like, the world championship college basketball is, whatever the fuck. Kentucky. He gets Kentucky. Yeah, whatever the big the big team is. Captures yeah. them. Reroutes their plane. It lands in North Korea and kidnaps them and forces them to play basketball for him. Yeah. And they wind up taking on the North Korean army, kicking everybody's ass and taking over the country, and they become the president of North Korea. <laughs> I like it, except that, for, huh? except for, I'd like to change it to the best college basketball team in america gets kidnapped by the north korean uh, uh despot which makes them play the worst pro team in america for a winner take all game because it's always that question at the end of the year if the best college team plays the worst pro team who would win and i love yeah. those arguments and everyone's always like well if oakland played bama well now it's uh uh buckeyes but if let's say Bama, because I love Bama, if if Oakland played Bama, then you know, 
they would throw so many schemes up against them and they couldn't end. But you're like, Bama had the biggest offensive line in football. Not only, not just fucking uh, college football, football. And they played together as a team and they're fucking awesome. Now they sucked, you know, against Ohio. But in any case, the best college team, because then you could bet on it. You could bet on it and whoever won between America and North Korea would run the world. I think we should do that. That's what we should set up. What if they won? North then Korea runs fucked. the world. Then we'll have to kick their ass again. Sorry, fucked. you only won the world for a second. We're fucked. We're not going to let you win the world forever for a basketball game. What are you, retarded? Then we failed in our mission. But, but the pros this, should should win. The dream should. team. The dream team. Weird shit dream happens team. in sports. Remember the people dream get, team? People get tweaked ankles. Spain. Yes. Mike right. Jordan. Wasn't there like a, a hockey game too? Where the well, that was the opposite. Americans. That was the opposite. That was the Russians were effectively pros because mm-hmm. they were the Russian army. They would give, and then we were still putting up college players. And even though the Russians were pros and were going to kill us, we we won. So we became the underdog. We were we, we, we champions. Yeah, we That's are. That's a big day for the hockey people. It is. It's a huge day to beat those Ruskies. Have to beat the Russ. The Cold War was played. We ha- we need a co- kind of a Cold War again, just to have sports. Well, you know what, man? Fighting, sports the, fighting. We've learned a lot from Russians. I'll tell you that. We've learned a lot of how goddamn tough they are. They're tough motherfuckers. Like when we compare the softness of the average American male to the shit I see on TV that Russians do. The crazy. Dudes. The military guys over in Russia are, are mean as fuck. Oh yeah. For Me sure, not fun. just the military guys, but I mean, just the average humans in Russia. But we'll just send drones. We'll send laser computer people over yeah. there. You think? Well, we won't win. We won't win if we fight the. Well, you've seen the shit. They fucking have to, you know, squat in their haunches for three days while getting kicked in the face. I mean, they're in a different level of shit. Now, not to take anything away from the best uh, military in the world, which is the American military, but. The Russians are fucking tough motherfuckers. You hit them in the face with a baseball bat and they smile. So. It seems like like, whenever you hear about a crazy concept, like an MMA concept, it comes out of Russia. Like they had team fighting where they had like yeah. five on five or six on six yeah. or some shit. And then there was another one that I saw there that was two on two. And once I, one I saw was these guys met in like a park somewhere <laughs> and these rival uh, teams and they beat the shit out of each other in a park. They just both met for a gang fist They just want to fight the fuck out of it all the time. If you see the Russian, especially like the, 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 the special service training shit that they have to go through, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, obviously, it's hard to become a SEAL or a Ranger or whatever. But, like, like I don't know, something like 50% of them die. Like, some crazy stat. They are fucking crazy. Anyway, we don't want to fight them. Guess why? Everyone who's fought them from Napoleon to Hitler to everybody lost. Except so. the Mongols. Mongols took Mongols, over. Mongols beat everybody. Mongols took over Russia <laughs> for like 200 years. The only reason why they didn't get to Europe is because they got tired. It They're was all too drunk. <laughs> drunk. They got far. syphilis. Fuck. Our, our horses aren't big enough. My question was, I wonder if, like, because the because Russia suffered the defeat in the Cold War and economic yeah. disparity, yeah. and it was hard times. They've yeah. gone through some brutal infighting yeah. and all the shit that happened. The people that did survive, they're 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 a different. It's like a different lineage. Well, they're tough as hell, yeah. Yeah, and and I wonder if that's just what happens, and then those people <sighs> rise up, and then the people like us that are 
on top of things, we start criticizing cartoons and we get <laughs> yeah. soft and fat. Well, oh, maybe yeah. the cartoon shouldn't be punching down. Yeah, and we get we get goofy. Well, that's true. Yeah, and then we, we get so unrealistic as to the nature of man and the ways of the yeah, world yeah, and the way things that's work true. right now. Not a utopian vision of what oh, could certainly true. be possible, but the fact, like, I, I saw a T-shirt, uh, you don't like uh, cops, next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. <laughs> well, listen, people that are complaining and bitching about cops, I guarantee you, if someone was breaking into your fucking house, yeah. you're going to call 911, right? But I, whenever, you're right, but whenever I go to any of these places and you see dudes, like, sleeping in the sand, eating dirt, you know, cuddling their Kalashnikov for warmth, and then you look at, look, I'll be the first to put my hand up. You look at me and I'm like, well, will I have In-N-Out Burger or Wendy's? <laughs> Well, I have the supersized Coke or the yeah. Valium, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I used to, when I was young, I used to think I was a tough guy. And when you see these dudes who literally know nothing but an AK-47 and will eat sand, you're like, yeah, I don't want to fight that guy. And by the way, the majority of people I know in our country, why? Because our country is great. You don't want to fight these motherfuckers because they, they are fucking badass. And it's like, you know, we, I think we've had this discussion before, but, you know, when you look at boxing and shit, the tougher the neighborhood, the poorer the neighborhood, the better the boxer because they're fighting for something. They want to mm -hmm. get the fuck out. You don't see a lot of Harvard boxers sitting there going one, two, three, karumph, you know? It's that, and it's also they're used to dealing with violence on a yeah, regular sure, basis. Yeah, they yeah. can operate more effectively in, mm -hmm. in those high-pressure scenarios. Yeah. And I think that's what we're saying about Russians, too, that these, yeah. these are harder people. They're, they're stronger they're yeah. in will and in character yeah. because of what they've had to go through. I think if you look at the last, the two longest wars in American history, if you look at Iraq and Afghanistan... And then <clears throat> I remember when Russia invaded Crimea, which is 90% Russian. You know, Fox News was saying, well, this is the first time they've ever gone without a shot, and we should go in, and what are we going to do? And you're like, hold on a second, hold on a second. You're talking about going into Russia, which is Russian, to fight Russians about taking over a part of Russia, you know, that tr traditionally was a part of Russia. You know, we had a hard time in Iraq with not the greatest army in the world, a lot of terrorists. We had a hard time in 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 Afghanistan with the Taliban, who aren't even an army in, in any real sense of the word. You're going to go take on the Russians in Russia's backyard. You're going to get a fucking bloody nose like you have never experienced before. If you're going to do it, you better be ready to go all in. And that's, you know, one of the things that NATO has a thing, that if you attack any NATO country... All of NATO then has to go and, and go with you. Obviously, we're a part of NATO. So that means if anyone fucks with an island of Finland or someone fucks with fucking Norway's fishing rights or whatever, we all got to go in. And then you're like, well, we better be ready for that. And we better understand what the fuck that means because guess what? The Russians have been doing fucking power squats with AK-47 ready to go while we've been sort of eating... Pop rocks and drinking Coke and saying, "I don't. I think I think PlayStation is better than Nintendo." <laughs> What's the real? Well, the real difference between us, though, is economic, right? Like for the long. I mean, Russian. They they don't no have difference. an economy like we do, there's right? No, they, I mean, look. The thing there's is, there's no difference as far as like what what they can put into the military, into their budget, and their resources. Well, you know, <laughs> Russia and China have always had a different philosophy, which is may have a lot more of it. 
you know, so they have more tanks that are shittier, but they're got to fucking, you got to shoot 10 of them, you know, to fucking, <laughs> and China used to, that was their thing, waves, you know, they'd have waves of people and they would literally, or your machine gun would overheat kind of thing. So if you look at it, we have the best military in the world, most technologically advanced military in the world, but I don't know what the standing army is and I'm going to get a shit no matter what number I say, but let's say it's 3 million, right? You know, then you look at Russia, it's probably 30. And if you look at China, it's probably 300. Million? Yeah. I really? mean, because every, well, I, well, I, I believe in China. Fuck. Look it up. I think at one, at one point in China, everybody has to be in the military. They have a billion, three people. So I'm getting woozy. You know, but yeah, but that's the, the thing is, is you can have however many people you want in the most technologically advanced military in the world. But if you're fucking with China, you're in trouble. And if you're fucking with Russia, you're in trouble. Then it goes to, well, we have a lot more nukes than them. And then obviously that's not a question you want to have. Yeah, that's the worst question you can ever get yeah. into. The United States Armed Forces, standing army. Let's see how many people we got. Active personnel, 1,369,500. Is that combat troops or is that in total? I don't know. It just says active personnel. It's just a wiki. Yeah, because if you look at combat personnel, it's usually 20% which is a staggeringly low number. It's like 300,000 people or something. Whoa, that's terrifying. Yeah, this, uh, that's not good. This idea that we're going to go to war with someone like Russia, too, that freaks people out, too, because Russia... Well, we can't go to war with Russia. Russians look white. <laughs> we can't go to war with Russia. <laughs> you gotta, well, no, you, know you know can't go to war with Russia because, A, you know, whoever, maybe, we, maybe it would be a tie, let's say. But then all those nukes, all you need is one crazy general on either side. One crazy motherfucker to say, you know what? I'm going to Dr. Strange love this shit and I'm just going to let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Strange love this shit. But do you, uh, do you think there, there is an issue, though, the difference between going to war with someone who doesn't look like what we perceive to be the quintessential well, or the you know what prototypical I'm, American? You know what I, yes, but you know what I'm confused about is if you look at, America, what would you say the number one security political problem in America is today? Security? Like, I mean, like security we, issue, security problem, political, like not political problem, like it can't be debt or energy or whatever. Like a political. Privacy? No, like a security. Yeah, okay. Not, it can't be pri external, external, issue. external. External. Yeah. We, we were worried about terrorism. Okay, good. Okay. Thank you. That was, that was good. Sorry. What's the number one, <laughs> by, by far way worse than America, in Russia today? Terrorism. They have terrorist attacks. You know, they had the theater where they, you know, they were all killed in the theater. They, had, they just had the subway station. They blew up two subway stations in Moscow recently. They had the, 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 the school where they killed all the kids, right? Dagestan's coming up into Russia. They have these, they have 9-11s, right, on a yearly basis, Right. Then, then you look at China and say, what's the biggest external f threat happening in China right now? Right. Terrorism. So Western China, the Uyghurs or the Uyghurs are fucking going apeshit in northern China and outer Mongolia. And it's causing a huge, massive, massive problem within China where hundreds and thousands of people are being killed and slaughters and bus stops and train stops. They just have one recently. And what's interesting is you say, OK. The three major powers in the world, America, China, and Russia, right, all share the exact same number one enemy, which is terrorism within their countries, aligned terrorism. It's the same group, same groups. 
And then you say, okay, uh, why the fuck wouldn't we just get together and say, hey, guys, we have exactly the same, and, and India, by the way, is in there as well. Why the fuck don't we get together and say, hey, this is a huge problem for all of us, massive fucking problem for all of us. And Europe, put everybody in there and say, why the fuck don't we get together and say, hey, we got to solve this one way or t'other? Because it's much, it, the, 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 the deaths by terrorism, I believe, are number one China, number two Russia, number three America. So why the fuck don't we get together and say, let's do something about this collectively? We're number three America, but there yeah. must be number three all of the countries that we've invaded to bring us into number three. Right, because death by terror is only like the three thousand people that died in nine eleven, and what other attacks? You know, a few other yeah, it would be it would attacks. be it would be attacks on Americans on foreign soil. It, it would but be, in China, it's a continual war. You have Western China, Northwestern China with the Uyghurs. In Russia, it's continuing. You have Dagestan, you have Chechnya, you have all this stuff, and then here, you know, we have all of our you know things. I guess it must include uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. And Russia's getting in that weird spot right now where their economy is sinking. Like a free fall. They've yeah. lost 50% of the ruble yeah. in the past two years. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a combination of sanctions and the collapse of oil, which is the majority of their GDP, both of which they're blaming on us. Well, how do we fuck with their oil? We lowered the price of it, right? Isn't that part of what's well, going we, on? Well, everyone lowered the price with shale oil and fracking. We have, you know, have done a lot to become energy independent, which I think is a good thing. Um, but the glut of shale, cheap uh, fracking uh, shale oil has, has driven the price down. And OPEC hasn't uh, uh, decreased uh, supply, which would theoretically uh, increase it. Also... Problems like uh, Venezuela and Iran have sort of solved themselves in the sense of oil distribution. Wow. The when the number of uh, barrels that the United States pro produces today is supposed to be as much or more than anybody in the world. Like we produce as much yeah. oil as anybody. Yeah, we always produced a ton. We just consumed more than we produced because <laughs> we like to consume shit. Um, you know, but... By and large, the biggest security problem I believe that we had, including terrorism, was that our energy dependence upon... So if you look at Saudi Arabia, you say, okay, these guys are actively supporting mosques that say Wahhabism is good, i.e. that you should not, you know, you should, you know, adopt a fighting uh, you know, terrorist Islam. Um, that was our money, you know. And so at that point, you know, we're giving money to Pakistan, we're giving money to uh, Saudi, we're giving money to Iran, we're giving money to Iraq. Why? It's crazy. It doesn't seem sane. Well, why then? Oil. Because we oil. need the fucking oil. And we need and, oil. And we need all the oil. And <laughs> yeah. as we need less all and less of their oil. Yeah, well, I think it puts us in a better uh, position. Uh, but doesn't it make them desperado? Isn't it better to keep them our hoes? <laughs> That's how I think. If I was running the country, well, I would I would continue you know, to give you know, money that, to other that, countries that, to keep that, them on the hotel. That that question is being answered right now. That question is being answered in real time. You don't want to go head to head with a hoe. But the thing is, is but, but because of the because of exactly what you're saying, because of destratification of that power system, 
That's why you have ISIS. That why mm. that's why you have all this shit. Everyone just thinks ISIS is a bunch of dudes who went out, fucking had a joint, and said, you know what? Why don't we fucking take Al Qaeda's thunder? No. What happened is you have a huge fucking group from all over the world, international fucking consensus coming in there and saying we're going to make a caliphate. And by the way, that caliphate, because they're Wahhabists, say we want to take over Mecca. Once they take over Mecca, if they take over Mecca, hopefully they don't, then you have a real problem. Because then you have ISIS saying we are the Pope and fucking Rome. Thank you very much. Is that what they want to do? Is that the only yeah, goal? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. That's why Saudi Arabia is shitting their pants now. Is because they were funding all these Wahhabist things, and then ISIS goes, "Yeah, we're Wahhabists, but we're the real Wahhabists, and we're coming to take Mecca." Why? Because if you run Mecca, you run the Sunni world, right? Oh And God. and so they're. they're Saudi Arabia has a lot more to worry about ISIS than America does because Saudi, because they're real close to fucking Mecca and they want to take it. We need to just get giant cargo planes, like those cargo planes we do skydive out of, and they fill them to the top with mushrooms. And then at the end of it, you have like a big board where you just push the mushrooms out the back of the plane. What I love is circle that. What, what, what I love is we'll go on the ground with our whole military and fight Saddam Hussein. But we were not going to go after, we'll, we'll bomb ISIS here and there. And you're like, yeah, ISIS is as bad as it gets, dude. Well, ISIS using, is as bad as it gets. ISIS is Nazi Germany on fucking steroids. Well, we're using um, drones, right? That's the idea? Or well, they, we're, they we're are air, using air drones. Strikes. Air I strikes. should really distinguish that. They, I am not involved in the drone strikes. Air strikes. Air strikes. And manned air strikes. Yeah, with jets, yeah. And how many ISIS soldiers are there? According to Ben Affleck, there's like 200 dudes. Is he correct? No. <laughs> what did Ben Affleck say? I don't know. He was on uh, Bill Maher show. He had some goofy quote that got uh, chewed apart by Sam. I Harris. mean, I've I so we embedded with ISIS for four weeks last summer, and I interviewed an ISIS Wait a member. <laughs> Hit the brakes. Why'd you say that so casually? We embedded with ISIS for four weeks. What the fuck were you thinking, dude? First of all, I did not say it casually. That was I casual. I just as assume. Fuck. I just assume everyone knows in the world. No, I didn't know. We had something like forty-five million. Were you there? Forty-five. No, fuck no. But we have a okay. filmmaker who who we worked with in Palestine. Um, we asked if we could go see what was happening in uh, at the time ISIS now ISIL. And we embedded uh, for four weeks. They changed names. The artist formerly known as ISIS. <laughs> That's it. It's ISOL now. Uh, ISOL. They're ISIS like P and... Diddy on steroids, or Puff Daddy. So we em we embedded for four weeks with them, all over in Iraq and in uh, Syria, and we released a, a documentary. It won a ton of awards. It was viewed, uh, you know, tens of millions of times. You know, and. Um, Basically, we didn't have any commentary. We just pressed uh, record. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it because uh, of that, because it wasn't like, look at these fucking cocksuckers, whatever. It was like, hey, your veil's not... Because what they did is they showed us what life under the Islamic State is. And it's like, it's like Nazi Germany. It's like you have to have the veil and you can't be too happy and you can't fucking eat too much licorice and all this shit. And, uh, you know, won a ton of awards for it. We embedded with ISIS. I personally in, in, interviewed a couple guys from ISIS. There was a Canadian guy who was thought to be dead who's not, and I interviewed him. And what's interesting is, I mean, the numbers vary, um, you know, but the, the top end, what the number the guy was giving me is they have 50,000 foreign fighters. Now, 
We know that they have 50,000 fighters. The argument is, is it like 20 or 30,000 foreign and, you know, 20,000 Iraqi Syrian or what the, what the mix-up is? But these are on-the-ground fighters. These are not like support troops or, you know, logistics or intelligence. These are the fucking fighters. So this is why people should sit up and take notice is you have, I mean, t for us to mobilize 50,000 fighters is a huge fucking deal, right? But they have people coming from America. We, we talked to French uh, people uh, in, in ISIS. We talked to uh, Americans. We talked to, I talked to Canadians personally, you know, and we're like, I don't understand you're from America or you're from Canada, you're from France, you're from Germany, you're from the UK. You're fighting in my mind anyway, for maybe the worst political organization around. But in their mind, because they've grown up with these Wahhabist uh, uh, mosques, that <clears throat> that's the right thing to do because they need to be Wahhabists in Mecca for it to be true Islam. And that's why I think people should take a, the next look at ISIS because uh, ISIS is not going away anytime soon because these people ideologically believe that they are right and the question shouldn't be what the fuck's happening with isis the question should be how the fuck could isis recruit fifty thousand people in fucking six months well if you think about what the the image of the united states is and how we've invaded these foreign countries these islamic <coughs> countries and the hatred that a lot of the islamic radical fundamentalist guys have towards the united states government if we had a similar enemy to the United yeah. States, as overpowering as we are, as, as invasive as we are, sure. we have bases in over 100 countries. Red Dawn. Could you imagine? Red wake Dawn. up those fucking dudes that live in Michigan, yeah, those yeah. white dudes that Get live all in their guns. South Dakota and North Dakota oh. and fucking New Mexico. Jesus, Louises. You know what kind of a yeah. fucking army? Oh, yeah. If we were invaded... Yeah. That would be... It would never end. If the United States turned hard, it would if never you end. fucking gave us our super serum, our yeah. super soldier serum from end. Captain America movie, yeah. <laughs> it would be a, this is a war-loving country. Yeah. We're just so fat and so far ahead of the curve. But we would get down with it pretty quick. That's I mean, the, Well, that's what <laughs> we saw after 9-11. Yeah. When everybody I, I, had the but I think, I think that you brought up a fucking good point, which is, here's Iraq, right? And, and for a long time, we were supporting Iraq... And then we'd support Iran, their biggest enemy. And then we'd support Iraq again. And then we'd support Iran. Why? Because we wanted cheap oil. Fine. That's geopolitics. Actually, who gives a fuck? Actually, you know, we're hegemonic power. That's what we have to do. Whatever. The problem is, is you say, okay, <clears throat> we made up shit. This is where it gets a bit wonky, right? Because you're like, if you wanted, if you just told the American people, we need the fucking oil and this guy is fucking, fucking with our oil. I think that would have been better than weapons of mass destruction and going into the UN and trying to get everybody behind it. And try. We understand we are a geopolitical player. We're the policemen, the world's policemen. You don't have to make this shit up. But what happened is they said Al-Qaeda is being supported by Saddam Hussein. Now, anyone with half a brain knows that Al-Qaeda is fundamentalist religion and the Ba'ath Party was a secular. They were anti they were like a political thing. They were they didn't want religious extremism. So they weren't how help, helping Al Qaeda. Were they bad guys? Is Saddam Hussein a bad guy? Yes. I didn't like him. He's not my friend. I don't like him. But was he fucking Osama bin Laden's best friend? No, they were enemies. In any case, we make shit up and we go in there. We fuck shit up so bad for so long that we when we leave 
right after the day we leave, a, a fucking cadre of motherfuckers come out called ISIS, which make Al-Qaeda look like a fucking tea party and take over the country. Right? But is that surprising at all? But hold, but hold on. So we go in. We made it up. We said the boogeyman lives in Iraq. We fuck it up so bad that when we leave, the boogeyman is twice as big, and by the way, we made him. Now, that is a failure, not of our troops, but of the fucking State Department and of a political fucking... Because these guys, there was a time when the British could actually say, you know, we can make decisions that are... We are making decisions that are terribly wrong, and the saddest part about that is people are paying for that on our side and on their side with their fucking lives. But isn't that... I mean, and I'm not in any way downplaying the troops or any military action, but I'm just looking at it from a purely objective point of view, almost like a mathematical sure, point yeah, of view. Yeah. Isn't that a cause and effect type situation? I mean, you, you enter into a country, you have what is the number of casualties of civilians in Iraq? It's staggering, right? It's like 100 to 1. It's, it's crazy. The amount well, of it's, civilians it's, that it's, were killed is supposedly somewhere around in, a million. In, yeah, yes, including sanctions because we cut off medicine and shit. It's like a million Iraqis. Now, it's a big number. What does anybody in their right mind think the reaction of those people is going to be unless they're so completely detached from those people on the ground that you don't take that into account at all when you make your decisions? That's my long-winded answer to your question, which is if someone did that to America exactly. and said America bombed Russia, and we clearly did not bomb Russia or we didn't help or whatever, they invaded us, killed a million or 10, whatever the, the factor is, 10 million or 20 million, Everybody, including me and you, would get. We said we're going to go kill those motherfuckers. Yeah, we and, would all have to get down. And that is what's happening now. And then everybody's sitting there going, "Wow, fuck! We'll just go bomb ISIS. Those ISIS motherfuckers cutting people's heads off. Fuck ISIS. Fuck ISIS." And you're like, well, "I agree. Fuck ISIS. I'm a journalist. They're going to cut my head off, so I don't like them." But at the same time, you're sitting there going, "Okay, why? Why is no one asking?" Why is no one asking, how the fuck did these motherfuckers become popular? How the fuck did they recruit guys from Virginia? How did they recruit guys from France? How did they recruit guys from England? Where the fuck are these guys coming from? And how did they take over Syria and fucking Iraq when you have every army in the world there and every fucking commando unit and every intelligence agency and these fucking bunch of new guys, new kids on the block, took over everybody's shit? And the reason why is because, A... There's institutional fucking money funding them and B, because we fucked up shit bad on our side. Now, we should take the learnings that we've done and say, look, ISIS isn't going anywhere. And unless we fucking, you know, go ape shit, guess what? It's going to make Al-Qaeda look like a tea party. Good Lord, right when you think that he's brought the doom and gloom to the highest level possible, a new watermark emerges. This motherfucker... I, uh, I actually love life. <laughs> I know you do. That's I love life. You, I love you. I, I love, love life you too, so buddy. much. Look, I, I eat too much. I drink too much. I hang out with dudes like you. I got to say, what? there's I'm, nothing. I'm in there with drinking too much? But I'll tell you why. Because there's nothing better in life, and I don't know if you if you agree with me, but when you get older, besides family, because family for me is number one. You have you know, your kids, which are everything. But you get a bit older, you know a bit of shit. You have a drink, you have a steak, you talk to somebody and you say, look, this is important shit. The greatest thing that we have, you and I, is that we can talk about this shit and people actually listen to us. Because I believe that people all over America, North America, Europe, are having the exact same discussions. And unless everybody goes, you know what, I, that's fucking true. 
these guys are being cocksuckers and fuck ISIS and we got to stop this fucking sea level rise. That's the beauty about what we can do is that we live in a world where we can talk and have a few drinks and say what we believe in. And literally, you're, I, I get it every time, like, you know, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, Facebook, Twitter, everyone saying, okay, good, I'm fucking down. What do we do next? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Jesus Christ. We're just sitting here saying, this is what I believe and this is what I think. The greatest thing about our lives is that we live a life where we can have a discussion and it actually matters and people will listen and they say, what do we do next? Well, I think that's one of the things that's held back are all cultures is the ability to communicate with each other and find out that we're more alike than we are different. 100%. We're all just human beings. And it was really difficult to have those conversations before. It was True. really difficult to reach people all over the world. And but look you, at this. Yeah, doing something what, like you, this. No, but hold on. Look at what you've built here. You've built a communication center. You've built a network. Back in the day, this would be NBC. People would come in and they'd talk their shit and they'd say whatever the shit they say and then they'd leave. Walter Cronkite. You literally built that here. Now it's a lot less prohibitively expensive than building NBC. But that's why whenever I come here and I try to come here every time I come to L.A. is because this is the future of it's NBC, but it's NBC for our people. It's not NBC for everyone, like every, NBC said there was three channels. But <clears throat> one of the things I love about coming here, and this is why I get rankled about censorship, is Joe Rogan has to be able to say whatever the fuck he wants no matter what. Shane Smith has to be able to say whatever the fuck I want no matter what. You can say I'm wrong. You can say fuck you, Shane, I hate you. You're not allowed to shoot me without me trying to shoot you yeah. back. But, but like... While we have freedom of speech and while we have communication, while we have all this shit, we should celebrate the shit out of it and we should tell everybody else out there that they should celebrate the shit out of it because that's what true freedom is. Unless we're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want to say, there is no such thing as freedom. There is no such thing as true freedom if you can't express yourself. Correct. It's 100%. It's number one. Fuck the thing. You can buy a gun. You can do this. If you can't say what you fucking believe without somebody pointing a gun to your head. That was what the Gestapo did. The Gestapo mm -hmm. said, you can't say that or we'll fuck you up. Well, the idea is that they're symbiotic because you need the gun to be able to say, hey, fuck you, I'm going to say whatever I want. I can protect my body with this weapon. You sure. have a weapon. It's the only thing that but I'm worried about But then you're in a gunfight. Well, isn't we, that it what shouldn't the whole get, world is? It shouldn't get to the gunfight. We should be able to say whatever the fuck we want, and that's inviolate. And by the way, that's what we should be fighting for. When we talk about human rights, when we talk about shit, a lot of time, like we were going on Saddam and saying he's a bad guy. Yeah, there's a lot of bad guys. The Hootsies and the Tootsies were fucking killing the fuck out of each other. The With exact machetes. same time. Exactly. Millions. So it wasn't about him being a bad guy because there's a lot of bad guys out there. However, what we should fight for is freedom of speech. And that's why Charlie Hebdo is an important thing that everybody in the world has come out. They're not protesting. They're saying, you know what? Everybody should be able to say whatever the fuck they want. And you, I believe in that. Well, I think anybody who doesn't believe in that is a fool. But There's a lot of fucking people. But there's a lot of people. But did you hear about what the fuck is going on? There was, a, there was another attack while this, after this yeah. Charlie Hebdo thing, this Boko Haram. Yeah. That was 2,000 people yeah. were killed in Nigeria yes. by Islamic extremists. Yes. But we didn't hear about that. Because it was in, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's true. Isn't that a fucking weird thing, man? That's weird. That's Africa. It, it's, it's 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 racism and it's Africa fatigue and and quite frankly, but it's uh, two different issues, right? One of them is attacking someone because of freedom of speech. Yeah. 
And this is this is some other there's some other motivation, right? I mean, well, there is, is sadly, you know, there is Africa fatigue, much like there's Afghanistan fatigue or Iraq fatigue. I mean, how about if let's take Iraq for example? We left Iraq and said mission accomplished. We won. Good. Goodbye. And we left. The story didn't end, but we left. Boom. ISIS. Bang. Biggest story in the world. Oh, well, how, where the fuck did these guys come from? Well, if you would have not just left, you would have known. And I think that there's Africa fatigue for sure. Like Ebola actually continues to rise. The deaths continue to rise. It, we haven't contained it. It's now in Sierra Leone and Guinea, and it's fucking getting worse in, 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 um, in, in Liberia. Why, it's out of the news cycle, so therefore it must be fucking over. We solved it. We must have sent a pill that worked. No. The deaths fucking increase. The, 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 the uh, opportunity for contagion increases, and, and everybody... That's why we're doing our 24-hour news network, because you're like, who gives a fuck about the news cycle? They found the plane, so therefore... Every, like, who cares? Like, when we left Iraq, that's when the problem started. And nobody paid any attention while ISIS built up. You know, you look at West Africa and you say Ebola is fucking still raging. But now it's fucking the nurse didn't get it in Houston, so we're okay. I mean, there is Africa fatigue. There is Iraq fatigue. There is Iran fatigue. And it's like now we're going to enter into domestic elections and we'll be, we'll be uh, fascinated with what goes on there. Well, it's almost like it never ends. Like this is a fractal equation. Because well, as you start problem. looking at all the various aspects of our culture that we could change, it could be better, and we yeah. look at life and death. Well, that's true. Just look at the deaths that we have in this country because of cigarettes. That's I, true. I don't have anything, any problem with people smoking cigarettes if you truly want to. Right. But the fact that that's like sort of this ignored thing like if if everyone stood back if everyone like the entire government like had like a whole anti-cigarette week where they said in, in every day on the news they broadcast a special about this is a person who started smoking when they were 16 here they are when they're 15 getting half their throat removed and, yeah. and show that shit on television how long would it be before the numbers just radically dropped and the number of people that you saw dead yeah every year radically dropped from cancer. It would be gigantic. It would yeah. be huge. But then we get back into the whole freedom of speech thing, which is, you know... But isn't that freedom of speech? Well, the freedom it is, to it express is, the fact it is freedom of speech, but, like, when, when government gets involved in... Social issues? In messaging thing. Well, but what's a social issue? Well, that's you know? a social issue. Because if, death, you look, if you look... Right? Well, okay, but let's look at the social issue that Just was... Just say no. That was uh, um, Obamacare, which, by the way, calling like uh, affordable health care Obamacare is funny because you're just labeling Obama. And if you look at it just as if you take a step back, and by the way, I don't want to get embroiled into it because I'm not an expert, but globally you're like universal health care is like a thing. Like people, you know, should be yeah. universal health care or whatever. Now, granted, I come from Canada where universal health care when I grew up was good. However, that said... I'm not a huge believer in the government running anything because governments, I believe, because I grew up in a government town, are inefficient and they spend 80% of the money on themselves and 20% on the thing. So I'm not like a huge believer in government doing anything. That said, universal health care for the richest country in the world seems like fucking we should have it. That became the greatest single debate and, and probably the worst thing for definitely uh, uh, Obama, but for sure maybe up there in top five for the Democratic Party. And, and, and essentially it was like a thing that if you looked at it in the world context, every 
rich industrial country has universal health care. It's just a boring, it's a fucking given, it's a nothing. And that became such a fucking huge thing because it was the government interfering into your private life, right? And because of that, the extrapolation became a thing. And I found that to be an amazing litmus test on the American psyche because you sit there and say, I mean, quite frankly, who the fuck cares, right? You know how much money we're misspending on healthcare? I get taxed more in America than I did in Canada, in communist Canada. I get taxed more in America and the fucking money gets thrown down the toilet. Uh, you know, I would I would be a fucking tea party motherfucker on the taxation side because you tax me the same in Canada, but the schools suck and the hospitals suck, whatever. But you have to have universal health care. You cannot be the richest country in the world and have fucking people dying on the street and just rotting there because, well, fuck, you know. They, they can't they, afford it. They couldn't afford it. Now, was it implemented well? No. Was it messaged well? No. But the political war that went over over something as stupid as fucking universal, universal health care. Stupid to argue about. Yeah, just becomes like we're going to fucking argue about everything now. Every single fucking thing we are going to. We're going to argue about, can we fund the government? We're going to argue about fucking, are we going to pay our own debt? We're going to argue about, you know, what shoe we put on the right foot versus the left foot. And that's the problem is, if you talk to Petraeus, who now is up against charges, but uh, Secretary Gates, anyone, they will all tell you the greatest f fear or the great, sorry, the greatest problem for American security is the inaction of the government. The government cannot enact fucking anything and that is the problem that you have today is you have something like like affordable health care act just becoming a huge politicized issue where someone should have just said look it's going to cost us 0.01 percent of the fucking thing to make universal health care which we can't fucking hold our heads up if we don't have just fucking do it and we'll shut up and fucking get on with fucking whatever the fuck else it is it became the number one political issue of last year and guess what it's a non-issue it's a non-issue we're sitting here we don't have water we don't have fucking water. I think I already fixed that, bro. Fix it. Fix it. <laughs> I already fixed that with my pipeline. Right. Pipeline to Antarctica. It's a pipeline to the big ice cube. No problem, dude. You just d develop like a funnel. You know what I'm saying? And attach the funnel Instead to the Instead of the ice. narcos, it'll just be like eco-warriors with dreads and t t sandals. Yeah, we would find out that Inuits have been peeing in the funnel and everybody yeah. would get really pissed. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. I there's no, there's no fix, but I think we've been in constant turmoil for so long. I, I wonder if when something happens like ISIS or uh, something along those lines where there's a real like military movement against this big machine in yeah. America, I wonder if it excites like some sort of primal got DNA. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, Because yeah. I, know, I, I, know, I know that um, hunting does. And you know yeah. what else does? Farming, man. You know, yeah. growing your own vegetables. There's something about plucking your own vegetables and slicing sure. into it and making a salad with that tomato that I you made just... That. There's something primal. Oh, it's good. And I believe that that reward. It also tastes better. It does. It does. I was but, listening. But hold on. It probably tastes better just in general. Well, yeah, it's probably better for but, you too. No, but but psychologically, yeah, it tastes better because I made that. hundred yeah, percent, definitely. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. But I, I, I feel like... The vodka that I make doesn't taste better than this. Do you though. make vodka? <laughs> I've made every booze you can make. Really? You oh, make, it all how do you tastes, make vodka? It tastes like fucking... It's potato peel. It's just... You can make a still in fermentation. And it tastes like... Everything tastes like shitty, awful moonshine. Terrible. Vodka, what they do is they just refine away 
just so it tastes like nothing because you never, I mean, vodka doesn't taste like anything. It just adds some shit in. Have you ever seen those tests? You know, I'm sorry, but that, you know that that doesn't taste like Jack anything until they put it into the barrels. Oh, they, the barrels they, they are put like the, the barrels stain it and taste it. And that's otherwise it would just taste like fucking bar. All alcohol is just alcohol. Right. And uh, the barrels, the whiskey barrels are like coal and stuff, right? They like, burn them. Yeah. Burn them. Yeah. They burn them. That's yeah. why it's so yummy. It's it is good fucking for, good. <laughs> it's the best. Jack Daniels is the best. I'm you know what? America. Fuck you, yeah. you. But hold on. You can you can order all the, the, the super high end shit and whatever else. But I I believe Jack is the best tasting. All. But it's not bourbon, apparently. It's a uh, sour it's America. Mash or, it's pure or, America. <laughs> come. It's the come of our great country. Well, I do, I do like Jack. My, I say. What I was going to say was that it, someone took a uh, cheap bottle of vodka and poured it through those Brita water filters, yeah. and did it like seven or eight times, yeah. and it came out as good as any vodka you could ever. Well, buy. Smirnoff always wins. Smirnoff's like five dollars a liter, and it's five. all the, you know, and and they always win the taste test because you know why? Because it tastes like fucking nothing. They put sugar in there. Well, I don't think they put <laughs> shit in. They just put alcohol in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird that drinks are not supposed to taste good. If they taste good, oh, you fucking pussy. What do you yeah, got? A little true. umbrella in your that's drink true. and a cherry? That's true. That's true. Something about that's weird. Because I always, when I was a kid, I used to pretend because <laughs> this says something about uh -oh. my psyche. But I would deep. drink Coca Cola out of like a shot glass. Oh, Jesus Christ, when you were a pretend, kid? <laughs> yeah. And I always thought, this is the greatest. And by the way, if they had a drink, that was like Coca-Cola, but like was like I would drink the fuck out of that because I I love Coca-Cola. I, I I try not to. What drink about it now Pepsi? Do you have an issue with Pepsi? Fucking hate Pepsi. Well, that Won't happens drink often. Will not drink. Pepsi. Jim Norton is the same way, by the Pepsi way. Pepsi is like a sugary. Coca-Cola is the greatest carbolic acid that ever existed at the cleated radiator. Strong but, words. But, you know, people used to have the taste tests, right? I don't know why I'm looking at you for vindication. Why'd you look at Jamie? They would do the taste <laughs> test, and you'd be like, if you can't taste the difference between Coke and Pepsi, you're fucking, I hate your guts, because they're completely different fucking things. In any case, I always pretend, and I've always been waiting for a drink that's going to be as powerful and amazing and hit you as hard as a Coca-Cola and every time you have one, it's just minorly disappointing. I love whiskey, right? But if whiskey tastes like Coca-Cola, <laughs> I would fucking feel like I would drink a lot more of it. You can't. Yeah, if whiskey tasted like Coca-Cola, we'd have a real problem in this country. <laughs> you have to feel yeah. it. I think one yeah. of the good things about... One of the good things about whiskey or about tequila, or it's like mm. you, you feel it when it's yeah, going yeah. down. You know you've done something terrible. Yeah. Like you take a shot of Jack Daniels and it hits you and just like. Well, you brought up a very good point because I just got back from a week in Vegas, right? And it's a very good point because if you ask me what I really like to drink, like if I wanted to drink something, I like Irish whiskey. I like shitty Irish whiskey on ice. And then number two would be like, I like to drink, you know, we, you and I like meat, so like, I like to eat a steak with a glass of red wine. I think steak with a, a glass of red wine is like a, a reaffirmation of life, right? I can't feel like I'm bad. But what the fuck do I really drink? I drink vodka soda. Why? Why? Because it's a fucking drunk drink, and you can drink, when you're at Vegas and you're playing, you can drink 50 vodka sodas. And just be like, there's the water in there. It's the purest of the spirit. And, like, if you drink 50 fucking Jack, you're fighting the croupier. You're shitting on the floor. Really? You're running around. 
vodka soda is like you rehydrate. It's a drunk drink. You can drink a vodka soda forever. Also, do you ever get sick? Like, you know when you're drinking a lot of whiskey, at the end of it, you're like, I never want to drink another whiskey again. Vodka soda, you wake up the next day and say, oh, vodka soda. Like, th that's scary because I'm now so old and I've drank so much booze that I'm like, well, can you drink 5,000 of those? Because if you can drink 5,000 of them, I'll go, which is a vodka soda. That seems ridiculous. So, so you honestly believe that whiskey gets you into fights? You it's think a, that's what's a, going on? Brown liquor is a punchy liquor, my friend, and you know it. Listen, uh, <laughs> I come from a long line of brick-carrying savages. Sure. I've always drank brown liquor. liquor. I despise is, the clear liquor. Brown liquor is a punchy liquor. I don't like the clear liquor. I drink the Mexican version of clear liquor. I don't trust that Russian shit. Well, tequila will keep you up. Vodka will keep you up. I'm always been a Jack brown, Daniels. Brown liquor will keep you punchy. You know that. That's what the fuck you think? Why do you think you're a fighter? You got the kettlebells and Come the on, kicking man. and this the fighting. Do with Jack Why Daniels? You like Jack can't Daniels. blame Jack Daniels on poor decision making. <laughs> I don't think it's the carbon inside the barrel. I mean, you yourself said that alcohol is the same effect. It's it's it's, it's alcohol. It, it's shine with a bit of fucking burnt wood in it. But by the way, it's gorgeous. One it's of the delicious. managers at the delicious. comedy store, Terrence, has a fuck some fucking ridiculous moonshine that he brought from back home. Oh yeah, moonshine will wake you up. But the reason why I like cheap Irish whiskey, you want some? yeah. The reason why I like cheap Irish whiskey, new glasses, is because uh, they run it through peat, which is you know bog bricks that they like. It tastes like fucking grass basically, and it's just moonshine that tastes like grass. I'm like, oh fuck whiskey, I love it. It's just fucking moonshine. So How about grappa? Grappa's grappa's just fucking it's moonshine, disgusting. but they put it in the in the fancy bottles and shit, and you're like, it's fucking moonshine. It's disgusting. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, as moonshine. My, it's all moonshine. my grandparents used to have that shit. They used to drink it after a meal. Oh, just to tolerate each other. I've got to say that we've talked about how the world's about to end. I've never felt better about humanity <laughs> than I feel now because I've had a few drinks. And yes. I don't know why alcohol is considered a depressant because I'm fucking euphoric as fuck when I drink it. After the effect. Oh, it's, it's, it crushes your immune yeah. system. It's oh. immunosuppressant. It's bad for protein oh, I did, synthesis. It's bad. I did it's not dehydrates know you. It's, it, I know it's, it's bad for fat burning. I've, I've experienced that. There's two that. different kinds of moonshine we have. The real issue with alcohol is uh, the dehydration and yeah. the, the liver toxicity. Toxicity? Well, yeah, we're doing a, a piece. Actually, can I be fucking uh, positive for once in my yes. misery life? You're doing a piece that's positive. Okay, so <clears throat> my favorite piece I've ever done, I'm doing right now, and I was at this uh, conference. This is moonshine. I'm about to break and, it over. Uh, well, now it's about to get unintelligible if I get into that shit. But uh, um, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna try to get my last intelligence story out. So I was at this conference, and <laughs> there was this amazing, um, uh, I don't know, presentation about a guy who was a researcher, HIV researcher. And H, they, they were like, well, HIV, HIV, uh, you know eats T cells. It eats it eats human cells. It's amazing at eating shit. It's amazing at eating cells. Salute. Moonshine. Now you're gonna get me all fucked up. I'm gonna Come start on, crying again. So what are you saying? AIDS? You have AIDS? Yeah, okay. So let's Whoa. That's good. That's actually that's, the best that's actually, that's, shit that's pretty good, we have here. That's real Goddamn good. Goddamn America again. I like it. I'm gonna have one more before I finish this story. <clears throat> By the way, this story's gonna fuck you up. So everybody turn it up now because this is important. Okay, so they figure out HIV is amazing at eating T-cells, right? 
So they say, what if like a pit bull, we starve the HIV and then we only feed it cancer, right? Guess what happens? It fucking works like a charm. So they starve the HIV, they genetically reintroduce it. So if, it, if HIV doesn't eat your T cells, it's not a problem to you, but it eats cancer. So it's a cancer eater. So I'm watching this thing going, hold H on. When HIV eats cancer or cancer eats HIV? No, HIV is an eater. HIV eats cells. Right. So they're like, why don't we starve it for T cells and feed it cancer, cancer. cells? And it worked. In fact, they've been in four years of trials, 100% success rate. And it's going, it's, it's uh, blood cancer, so it's uh, leukemia. And so what, what happened, so I started saying, well, holy fuck, because my mom had cancer and you know, my stepmom died of cancer. Everyone's had somebody affected by cancer. So I'm like, holy shit. They re-engineered HIV to go out and, and eat cancer. And then they're like, well, actually, now what they're doing is they're re-engineering viruses for different cancers. So, for example, uh, the Mayo Clinic re-engineered re, re, uh, uh, measles, and they're injecting like a billion measles into uh, bone cancer in the brain. And you see a, a per a, one woman had a, a golf ball-sized tumor in her head, and then like they inject her with measles, and the fucking measles eat the cancer, like eat it, and so the, 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 the which was previously inoperable, just goes away what the fuck so there's there's in houston they're doing it uh in 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 mayo clinic in penn state and in uh in ottawa canada the guy who first discovered it was a guy who came across this paper where hookers who used to get cervical cancer also used to get rabies because uh they were living in squalor so they would inject the women with rabies and then their cervical cancer would go away because the viruses eat the cancer so this is, by the way, I'm, I'm I must be drunk because oh I'm giving you God. my biggest scoop on HBO that's coming up on our new season. But wow. so I went to interview all these doctors. I went to say, like, what the fuck's going on? They've re-engineered these viruses that used to kill us, right, to go uh, eat cancer. And I'm like, is this the first step, not just for a treatment that isn't um, uh, radiation or... Uh, um, Come on now. Pharmaceutical based? Yeah. The, what, what's, chemo? Uh, chemo, chemo, chemo. Uh, but actually, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a treatment that doesn't fuck you up and that, yeah, and puts you in recession. They're like, we're looking at the first step towards a cure. So this is the biggest story I've ever Or the opening scene in 28 Days Later. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. The zombie right, movie. Right, right, right. Well, they actually, so they re-engineer... They re-engineer the virus. The virus, for example, the measles virus actually comes from 1953. And it's the kid whose throat culture they took that we've been using as a measles virus for the last however long. These guys in Houston are using a cold virus, which we're all immune to. The HIV one, they actually reprogram so that it doesn't uh, 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 eat our T cells. But what's incredibly interesting about that is these guys figured out that what happened was cancer puts our immune system to sleep and so that viruses activate our immune system. So the virus just goes into the cancer, says here it is, and then the immune system goes and eats it. So for the past six months, I've met the top five or six medical teams in the world as they explain this shit to me, and I'm thick as fuck, so I didn't get half of it. But what's interesting about it is the first step to curing cancer caused by the shit that used to kill us 
Because measles used to kill like 150 million people a year. It was the fucking worst thing you could get. Now the measles brings all the fucking white cells and eats the cancer. It's absolutely fantastic. And that's my happy thing before we get drunk on the moonshine. Give me some more of that. Excuse me. That's insane. Yeah. It makes sense, and it also seems terrifying because if they fuck that up, then you got some crazy Well, they that... go through incredible protocols, and I, I wish I could have shown you the stuff, but I'm covered in NBCW suits and shit. They go through very... And, the uh, you know, the, they're, they're, they're making sure that the viruses are done in the correct way and stuff. But I've got to say... Oh, yeah. But how it all happens is they're, they're like... It happened by a mistake. Like, it happened by, like, oh, this fucking... We're working on HIV. That thing actually eats cancer, you know? And and I think that, you know, when I look at stuff, I'm like, we can solve these problems. We can fix these problems. When we get on here, we're always like, wow, fucking Russia is this and fucking ISIS is this. We can fix the problems. We just have to put people on it. And money. You know, Larry Page always says, the guy who runs Google is always like, that's a zero million dollar problem, meaning if it's a problem only if you put zero million dollars into it. You put a couple million dollars in it, guess what? You solve the fucking problem. That's zero million dollar problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of those. There's Do those exist on purpose? And I don't mean on purpose, meaning there's some sort of a grand scheme, sort of a, an overlying conspiracy to the way the world runs. But I often wonder the way people behave, even the way you see people behave when they, when they know they're in a relationship where their husband's never going to leave or their wife is never going to leave or they know they're in a job. Like there's certain college professors when they get tenure become preposterous human beings. And one of the reasons is that they can't get fired. They have this really ridiculous power yeah. and people tend when they have power to explore the limits of it it's yeah. just it's almost inherent yeah i've been listening to the last and this is like maybe the fourth or fifth time in just the last year that i've listened to this dan carlin series on the mongols it's uh, right. wrath of the cons it's on hardcore history this podcast i'm gonna check amazing. it out because i'm fascinated with it's the greatest dan carlin's podcast is the greatest podcast the world has ever known it shouldn't be called a podcast because it's too good like, it's 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 it's, it's essentially it a dramatic version of like history, and not just the Mongols, but everything from like World War One to the, there's so much shit that this guy covers in such an incredible dramatic fashion. But as I'm listening to these tales of carnage and conquest and all, and I'm wondering like, what the fuck is it that compels people? To, to, to operate in this way. Like, yes. what is it about someone who gets in power and abuses that power, whether yeah. it's a priest or whether it's a, you know, a politician or a, a police officer? Great question. What the fuck is it? Like, is it just something that, in, 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 like, ingrained in us to resist, like, to, to have the strength to resist opposition so that when the opposition isn't there and you have ultimate power, you spool up your power to ultimately resist opposition again. It's like you gather up your resources when we you have to control. Fight. Yeah. I mean, it almost seems like this weird sort of uh, a cyclical thing that's very difficult to escape. Yes. Very, very difficult to escape. And I think yes. that's... That's the one thing that troubles most of us, most of us rational thinking people who live in urban environments who don't have to worry about anything other than like normal petty bullshit, yeah. the occasional crime. What, what we're worried about is like, what the fuck is going on in the Congo? What yeah. the fuck is going on in Afghanistan? What the fuck is going on in Crimea? Yeah. What, what, what are these, these worlds that we don't ever want to see in 
in fucking Tribeca? What, yeah. what are these worlds that we see? Well, the, we're, <laughs> right? we're on the right page at the right time. I'm just going to give you one anecdote of exactly that, which is... <clears throat> I believe we're sort of the same kind of guy. We grew up in the same era. I'm way different thing. than you, bitch. <laughs> Settle down. Well, you're way tougher no, and stronger. Listen, you're way more bold. Anyway. You're, you're, a, you're a fucking but world traveler. I had a real... I'm an occasional I had dipper. A, I still am going to take toes. you to find... By the way, remember I, the last, well, one of the last times I was on here, I was like, we should go to Liberia to find the AIDS island of uh, the, of the monkeys. That. We're not going Guess to what happened? Island. Ebola. So it's a good thing we There's didn't no go. There's no more AIDS? <laughs> Ebola eats Ebola. AIDS. Maybe eats, we need Ebola. Ebola eats everything. Or maybe we need AIDS to eat AIDS. I'm really not worried about AIDds. I'm going to tell you that. I'm worried you know about why? Ebola. I was worried about it. I'm not even worried about Ebola. I'm worried I'm about worried the about flu. Ebola. You know yeah, why? Because the flu, flu kills bad. more people than bad. Ebola every fucking year. Not really. Number you one know? killer before World War One was yeah, the flu. You know what the number one killer almost universally the entire history of the human race is? Death. Malaria. Oh. Malaria and has killed an old age. Old age is 100%. Old age. I'm at, I'm at midnight of my ecological, environmental, and uh, whatever it is, evolutionary clock, so I'm fucked. But <laughs> if, if I could just, I, but hold on, but you brought up an amazing point, and I just, because I had to deal with this recently, and it was a big... Wait till you sober up and listen to the <laughs> podcast before you make that statement. It was a big epiphany for me when I said, I have a penis. No, it was, I woke up one night, and... Uh, you know, cause I used to sleep fucking, you know, 12 hours. Now I wake up, I don't know why. But I woke up and it was my daughter's first day of school, right? And so, you know, I got to take my daughter to the first day of school. And I was thinking about school and I'd always been like, you know, I went to sort of public school, rough schools. And I think that's where I got to where I am because school is just bullshit. It's a curriculum everywhere you go. But you learn the pecking order. You learn a lot of other shit besides fucking one plus one equals two. You learn where you are and what you do, and you learn how to fight. You learn how to not fight and do whatever you want. In any case, so I was thinking a lot about my daughter going to school because she has a different life than me because I, you know, I grew up poor, and, uh, you know, she has a different life than me. And then I was thinking, you know, my daughter now is about to go to school for 25 fucking years. You go to school for 25 years. Why? Because you want to have a career. What's a career? Well, a career hopefully is something that you like doing and you make some money and maybe you make a difference or at least you convince yourself you make a difference. And, you know, you make enough money to maybe buy a house and maybe you can retire somewhere warm because fucking cold makes your arthritis ache. And I'm literally thinking about, like, life, you know, because, you, you know, like I went to school and then I worked and then you got a career and then you tried this and you did all this shit. And I've been at war, I realize. I've been at war since I was five years old. I fought every kid in the schoolyard, and then I tried to get fucking this, and I tried to play football, and whatever the fuck else, I was always at war. I was at war with my brother. We fought every day of our lives. And then when I got out of school, I started a company. That company, I was always at war, right? All of a sudden, I woke up one day, okay? I went to school. I got my career. I got to work with my best friends. I became a billionaire, right? Doesn't happen. I got the A+. Plus. I got the fucking A+. Plus. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I don't have to go to school anymore. I don't have to work anymore. I don't have anything to do anymore. I can move to fucking my private island, put my Amadeus wig on, put the fucking ponytail butt plug up the ass and ride my fucking horse into the sunset. Shit just got real. Now, why are you getting up in the morning? What do you have to fucking do? Why are you doing it? Now, look at you. You were a fucking 
big star on TV. You're the number fucking voice of the MMA. You've got a huge comedy career going on. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. You're done. You won. You won. You got an A+. Plus. In the game of life, you got an A+. Plus. I got an A+. Plus. Guess what? I don't have to do anything. I have no more chips on my shoulder. I have no more demons to exercise. What the fuck gets me up in the morning? Right? And then I said, you know what gets me up in the fucking morning? Fun. Doing this shit with you. Going out there and saying, hey, bye, everybody, you can listen to me or not, but Antarctica's fucking melting. And if I don't say something about that, then I can't look my daughter in the eye when I feed her her Kraft macaroni and cheese with beef burger or fucking mixed I don't think that shit's good for you. <laughs> it isn't. Shouldn't give that to kids. Good. Well, kids should be I all organic. I, I eat most of it. But <laughs> I can't look my fucking kids in the face unless I say, guess what? We got to fix... Washington doesn't work. We got. We have to fucking do something about global warming, or we're all fucked. Uh, now, me and you, we're still going to be okay. We'll be all right because we don't have much long, longer to live. But our kids, and by the way, and I love your kids, and you have beautiful kids, and I have beautiful and so kids, and I love our kids. I, lo I, I don't give a fuck about me. I had a lot of tough fun. I did a lot of coke and drank a lot of booze and <laughs> had a lot of sex and all that shit. But you're like, guess what? Like we, you know, and so at this point, you're like, I can either ride off into the sunset and say, fuck it, I'll sit on an island beach and I'll drink fucking mezcal every day. Or you can go out there and say, no matter what, I'm going to kick against the pricks. I'm going to say this ain't fucking right. By the way, what you're saying is bullshit. I'm going to go talk. By the way, I'm going to go interview Putin. I'm going to interview Putin. I'm going to say, what the fuck are you doing? And by the way, guess who I'm interviewing after Putin? I'm interviewing Obama. And I'm going to say, what the fuck's going on? Why? Because why the fuck not? And that's why I always get excited about coming on this show is because this show is democracy in action. You have millions of fucking people listening. And guess what? Unless we say something, unless we wake up from our Valium and booze-induced stupor, nothing's going to fucking happen. So why the fuck are you doing it? That's the question you should ask yourself in 2015. Not am I going to lose weight? Not am I going to read more fucking books? Not am I going to go wear Skechers instead of Nikes? It should be, why the fuck do I get up in the fucking morning? And now we're very lucky, motherfuckers, that we're post-economic <laughs> and we can fucking say, I'm going to get up in the morning because of this. I like how the 1% has relabeled themselves post-economic. <laughs> well, I'm the newest... <laughs> I'm the newest of the 1% and I'm giving it all away because I'll tell you one thing. Money means a fuck of a lot when you don't have it. My, my old man gave, told me the only thing that ever made any sense about money. He said, life is like a shit sandwich. The more bread you have, the less shit you have to eat. But once you get it, once you get that A+, plus, you just say, fuck it. You know what I'd like to do? I would like to buy 20 million acres and say, no one's allowed to fuck with that. You can't fucking do shit with that fucking land. I'm just going to fucking leave it. Because that's one of the only things you can do that's a pure good. Just leave the land. Don't fucking mine it. Don't fucking piss in it. Don't shit in it. Don't put Joe's tuna barge and tequila boom boom room in there. Just leave it fucking gorgeous because fucking that's 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 godhead to me is nature. Well, I think one of the things that's changing in our world is that more people have a, 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 the ability to communicate. They yeah. might not be able to communi communicate on the scale that is like a podcast like this. Yeah. But they have the ability to express themselves to us. And maybe you know if you were on Twitter or Facebook or you you. You ran into him 
in some form of social media, you might read what they said and take it into account. So uh, something about them trying to express themselves has some sort of a meaning. One yes. of the things that has the most impact for those people is someone who can reach millions of people who represents their points of view. Yeah. Because most of Vote them feel Joe disenfranchised. I mean, it's not happening. Vote There's a guy Joe named Rogan. Brian Stan. He was on my podcast this week. He can win. I can. I don't have skeletons. I got graveyards. This guy, <laughs> I th I'm pretty sure his If you have graveyards, I have clean. concentration camps. We're shit. all good. But you that's should why run. you're no, where you, you should run, no, no, dude. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll be should, your, I'll you know, be your run, press secretary. I'll be your press secretary. To warm up for my workouts. Uh, I'm not into one. It's not I happening. I would say to everybody out there that Joe Rogan would be the greatest political candidate. No, no, I'll be terrible because I have other shit I want to do. I'm not going to stop commentating for the UFC. I love that. I'm not going to stop doing stand-up. I love that. I'm not going to stop podcasting. I'm not going to stop t hanging out with my kids and, and taking care of my family. So yeah. where's my time? Yeah, well, that's true. It doesn't exist. But... But this is just, it's not just as good as being a president, but it's as far as, like, what I can do with wh yeah. who I am and what personality I've sort of developed along this path of life. If I wasn't me and I saw me and I said, hey, man, you should talk about this shit because this is kind of weird. This is kind of fucked up. My obligation is to do that. And your yeah. obligation is well, to do right. that as well. And I think that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, used you're right. to, I used to play pool, like, to a degenerate level. Professional. I, well, I never played professional, but I played in some pro You were good. I whacked out. You were good. You were good. I wasn't good compared to people that were good. But my point Shut being up. was that... Shut up. I know you were good because... The, you played with me. Yeah. The people that are really good at pool, almost universally, they're gamblers. Mm. Almost universally. All, almost, there's a few yeah. guys in Europe, but the, the American players, like almost all of them, what they call match up. Right. And the, the guys who are the best, they always look at pool as what the ultimate thing is winning. And yeah. what money is, is just fun coupons. Yeah. They're just pool coupons. You pass yeah. those back and forth. Yeah. You don't worry about the money. You're trying, not trying to accumulate money. What you're trying to do is win the big score well, over I, and over and over I again. worried about money a lot because I, I left home at 14 and I was broke. And I worried about it a lot. You left home at 14? At 14. Damn. And I worried about... What did you do when I, you left home? I was a bad guy. How bad? Fairly. So medium. No. Medium guy. I was medium bad because I, you can't be that bad in Ottawa, Canada, but I was as bad <laughs> as it gets. Um, but I got to say, like, you know, money consumed me for a long time, A, and B, I had a big old chip on my shoulder. I, I, I would say what, what fueled me for 75% of my life was spite. Because I would say, I'm going to fucking do this. And they'd roll their eyes and say, Shane, you're a fucking arsehole. Shane, you're bullshit or whatever. And like just recently, I'm, I'm going to launch a news network. And they're like, oh, fuck, Shane, you piece of shit. Fuck you. The same family? No, my, my family. Your my, family? My family's awesome. They my, have it, my family, not I support. your family. No, no, I'm just saying people. People okay, in the world. I'm confused. Oh, sorry, sorry. You no, left, but you left family your family awesome. when you were 14. Yeah, but not because they were mean or shitty. Because you I were was, crazy. Yeah, I was uh, old. But you were only 14. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, now nah, I was the same height I am now. I looked old. I was working as a bartender. <laughs> you were working a bartender. I was at screwing chicks older than me. I was getting drunk. You were a no, bartender my, at 14? 14. Well, Whoa. this is Canada, too, back in the fucking day when it was like, all right, who gives a fuck? And it was, I was a punk kid. By the way, I had a great time. Bartending at 14? <laughs> yeah, and, and slinging coke and stuff. But the thing is, is like... Wait a minute, whoa, hold. You slung coke at 14? Yeah. When, you, <laughs> when, but when don't you sling coke at 14? Do you know how funny that is? You're like, yeah. 
Well, I learned um, all my business acumen being a drug dealer because it's pretty fucking simple. You have to make a margin and you have to do this and you have to mitigate risk and all this stuff. And then I went to Eastern Europe and I sold money, bought and sold money because you can make money, a lot of money on arbitrage, right? So the thing is, is money was outsized for me for a long time. It was just, it was a, it was, it was a monkey on my back and, and success was based on money whenever... Now, the most arrogant fucking thing in the world you can say is, I don't give a fuck about money, right? Because guess what? Everybody gives a fuck about money because that's how you eat. But the one thing, and it was Spike Jones actually, we, went, we go away every once in a while, we go to the top of the mountain, we fucking talk about shit. And, I, and, and he was like, you're too concerned about money. Because I'm literally a poor guy who is concerned about money, and he's literally a guy who never gave a fuck about money, and that's why he's more successful than I am. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say guy's more successful than you after you said you're a billionaire? Let me yeah, tell you hold, something but about on, but hold anybody on, but hold richer than a billionaire can go fuck themselves, but okay? But hold that guy's but I, I'm going to tell, tell you something about being a billionaire. A billionaire doesn't mean anything, because guess what? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to tell you something. Gonna, that's a bunch of horse shit. But hold on. I'll tell you why, because I'm going to give it all. Well, I'm not going to give it all away. I'm going to buy a bunch of land. I believe in nature. I love nature. Make people compete for it. (laughs) Yeah, and die. (laughs) No, and I'm just going to leave it. And that's That's, why we're friends. That's going to be my thing. But what I will say is it's true. It's true. Money won't buy you happiness. But guess what? Your family not having to worry about where the next rent check's coming from, you know, being able to fucking feed your kids, all that shit, that is important. Incredibly important. It takes the stress away. But more importantly, it goes... Okay, now, take all that shit out of the equation. What the fuck are you going to do today, right? With everything you know, look look at you. You're a powerful guy. You got all these people to listen to you. What are you going to do? Guess what? Joe Rogan can say, fuck you. I'm going to drive my fucking car. I'm going to go bow hunting. I'm going to fucking go to uh, Vieques and fucking lie on the beach. What are you doing? You're fucking sitting here with me doing a back-to-back podcast, talking about shit, challenging people, putting information to people's minds. I don't have to ever work again. Why am I sitting here on the fucking Rogan podcast? I could be doing USA Today. I could be doing fucking 60 Minutes. Why am I doing the Rogan podcast? Because this is... Anderson Cooper hit on you. (laughs) That's what I heard. Because this is important, and we always get to this at the end of the day, is there is a movement of like-minded people who have the A+, who go, I don't give a fuck about the A+. I don't give a fuck about the money. I don't give a shit about... You were a fucking... You were the fucking biggest star, and I forget the network, but come on. What's the network? ABC, CBS, NBC. NBC. I wasn't ever the biggest star at NBC by a long shot. The thing about it is, what are you doing now? You're literally, hold on, you're literally (laughs) spending your own fucking money to have shitheads like me come on here and talk to people. I know every time we get drunk, which I am now, I get all boozed up and say this. But this is democracy in action. This is important. And by the way, you took your A-plus and said, I'm going to do my own thing, bitch. I took my A-plus and said, I'm going to do my own thing, bitch. We're not Brad Pitt or George Clooney accepting our Golden Globe Lifetime Achievement Award, but guess what? Millions of people are saying, hey, how the fuck can we change the shit that you're talking about on the Rogan Show? This is the thing that people like least about us when we're drunk. We just compliment each other. Like, I hate Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan sucks shit. But I've got to say, I've got to say, I've got to say, if Joe Rogan (laughs) and I don't get along, then the world will end. No, we'll be fine. We'll all be fine. As I've gotten older, one of the things that I've really like come to to grips with is in this really strange way is that we, for this brief glimpse that we're awake and alive, we're really just a, a, a blip 
in this infinite number of blips. True. And what what I everybody worries about their own finite nature. It's one of the things that it, it troubles all of us, and I'm. I'm one of those people. It's it's impossible to avoid. I think anybody that doesn't is not troubled by the idea that you know you only have a certain amount of days and hours and minutes on this earth before eventually this vehicle shuts down and stops working. Like what 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 are the things that are important to you while you're here? And what's important to you while you're here is trying to spread what I would call harmony. What I would tr- try to call this this community, communion with each other, the ability to develop really uh, honest, friendly relationships. And I think a lot of what we have, whether it's issues with Muslims or whether it's issues with Christians, or whether it, I think a lot of the issues that we have across the board with human beings, with various ideologies, is a lack of communication, a lack of understanding that at the end of the day, we're like each other more than we're different. And what separates us and what, what you're talking about and the good thing about having financial independence is that once you have financial independence it releases you in a way that's indescribable to people that are caught up in the the constant very common web of 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 existence it's hard existence it's hard i had a development deal when i was i was 26 years old and i got a development deal to come to california and do this television show and when i when i got i got a check and it was a, like for like $150,000 or something along those lines. And immediately, it was like the whole Boom. world just, yeah. just relaxed. Yeah. Like I knew, you know, my rent was like 600 bucks or something yeah. like that. I knew I could pay my rent now. Yeah. I knew I could eat now. I knew I, I knew I made 500 bucks on the average week doing stand-up. I knew I could eat. I could pay my rent. I could eat. And it was like this, whoa. And I remember sitting in my shitty apartment in New Rochelle, New York, and I had this weird epiphany when that happened. I was like, whoa, this is like the biggest relief I've ever had in my life. Not, I'm not rich by anybody's standards, sure. but all of a sudden, now I'm, a, a, I'm slightly ahead of the run. Ahead of the game, and I yeah. can stop and I can really, I can look at the, the struggle behind me and I'm like, oh, we're caught up in, we're caught up in the momentum of debt. We're caught yeah. up in the momentum of True. stress. We're caught up in the momentum of having to pay Every week. this and that. And Every week. F- worry about, th- they're going to shut my lights out. Oh, yeah. my cable bill. Yeah. Fuck. And writing checks and all that stupid shit that yeah. people do all day. And as soon as you can step away from that, yeah. then you start to look at your life and going like, what is, is my life like this just constant worry about this impending tide of bills? Yes. And pushing them back? Yes. So... The one thing, the responsibility that I think a person like you has or a person like I have is that once you are slightly ahead of that wave to let people know what it's like, let yeah. people know what's going on up here and also let people know like you're being misled. This doesn't last you're forever. You're being misled. That's the whole thing. Not only you're being, I was being misled because what, what, we're all being misled. What, what you're saying, each other. What you're saying is 100% right. I was so caught up in bills and money and buying shit and not buying shit and being broke for so long that I got all, I got consumed about cash. And you're exactly right. When you have this, it could be a hundred grand, it could be whatever, like it could be Vegas, it could be it doesn't matter what it is. But you get it and then you go, Oh, all that time I spent worrying about it. All that time I was freaked out. All that time like I it, it's just a construct. We make it up. Money is just a bunch of fucking computer fucking blips on the screen. And then when you get it, you realize, and this is, I, 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 
I, I, I know how arrogant it is to say, but at the same time, you're like, fuck. Like, all that time, because I'm stupid, all that time I was trying to chase the money, I should have been trying to chase something else. I don't because, know. But, because... hold, but I'll tell you, but hold on, I'll tell you what I mean. Because, you know, Spike Jones, who I love more than anything, you know, he made Adaptation, being John Malkovich, every fucking award-winning vi music video, every award-winning fucking commercial. Not everyone. Most. Did he make Thriller? Most. <laughs> In John any case, Landis is freaking what, out what right was now. I doing? I was trying to make money. We actually, won, in one of our Go to the Mountain things, it was like, take money out of the equation, what would you be doing? And you know what? I said, I'd be doing news, because that's the only shit that I really like doing anymore. Guess what I did after that? I started a news channel. And news is stupid. You can't make money. You can't do things. It's not going to work. You can't start a new news channel. We're the fastest growing news channel in the fucking world, Joe. Yeah, but is and, that, why, why does everybody say you can't make money in the news? Because everyone's dumb. <laughs> and everyone will tell you you can't do something. We've talked about this before. Everyone will tell you you can't do something until you do it, and then they'll say, I always knew you could do it. But the thing is, is because it's difficult to do, we have, we're bigger than NBC and CBS News uh, combined on our online uh, uh, viewership. We're the, lar the largest and fastest growing news agency in the world. Everyone told me I would fail. Every single person without fail, without exception, told me I would fail. The reason why we didn't is because everyone's doing such a shitty job. We're tallest of the midgets. But I will say this about Spike. He said, take money out of the equation. What would you do? And I said, I'm going to do news. He goes, if that's what's going to get you up in the morning, go do fucking news and tell everyone else to go to hell, which is what I've been doing, which is why we've been getting a little bit of trouble because now everyone's like, I like Vice News and I don't like the other Vice anymore. But there you go. People like Vice News, but they don't like the other Vice? Well, because Vice, when we came up, was like poo poo cacking the most crazy Vice, uh, Vice, you know. And now news. General butt naked, that kind of shit. Yeah, but now news became so big overnight. Vice News and Vice are now fighting each other for being how big they are. And so now, no, like people are like, I don't want to see poo poo cacking and the bum bums, or I don't want to see your music shit or your travel shit. And I'm like, well, then just turn into Vice News, don't turn into the other shit. But the fact is, this news became so fucking big that it's now coloring the rest of the brand because the rest of the brand used to be, used to be everything, and now everybody just wants fucking news. Which, by the way, I love news, but I still like all the other shit too. You know what the problem is? It's not even everybody that's complaining. That's not really the problem. The problem is access. The problem is you shouldn't have 300 million in America plus worldwide have access to just throw Twitter comments up and, <laughs> and Facebook comments and YouTube comments. Because Welcome even to though my you, life. it's not bad, it's not bad, but yeah. it's overwhelming in the sense that it's very, very difficult to manage. It's, right. al it's almost impossible to manage those right. numbers. So you're going to get people that complain. Some of them, is, the, some of their complaints are legitimate, and some of their complaints are just to get your attention. And yeah. the best way to get your attention is to tell you you're shitting the bed. You're fucking up. You're well, doing badly. You're disappointing them. It's not as good as the old vice. The old vice was better. I'll tell you two things about that, and, the, and that's exactly right. People are fucking crazy, Shane Smith. No, but I'll tell you two things about that. I'll get a hundred things saying you're changing the world, you're changing news, and whatever, and one thing saying you fucking cocksucker, whatever. I'm like, cocksucker, I'll fucking meet you at 59th and 7th. I'll kick your ass. So, A. <clears throat> B, and, and this hits on, I, well, I don't know about you, but about, about me and my life, is that you sit there and you say, you know, <clears throat> I, 
I start, I had a small company before, and 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 it was ten people in a room, and you're like, Joe, you got the fucking photo, and fucking Ted, do you have the thing, and fucking Rosalie, do you know? And now we're doing something on the order of fourteen thousand posts a day, and everyone's like, Shane, did you fucking see what fucking Vice Bulgaria put up and that goddamn bullshit? And Germany just said that this and that and whatever else, and you're like, I'm sorry, but. I'm lucky if I see seven posts a day and we do 14,000. And that's the problem with running something is that you go, when it was just me, it's easy. When it becomes, I don't know how many people we even have, 4,000 employees, some shit, you're like doing 14,000 posts, it sucks. And I've got to say, like, when it, when it is just you, it's you. And, but then, then it's not vice, then it's not a thing, it's just me. And, and, you know, what I'm trying to do now or what Vice is trying to do now is to have much more of a cohesive point of view. And, and ironically, how we're going to do that is we're buying TV networks around the world. We're going to make TV shows that then, then we then push out for the first time ever day and date with, with uh, uh, online and mobile. No one's ever done it before. And we believe we'll have the largest... Uh, uh, audience in the world online collectively online mobile and tv and then the question is okay great what are you going to put in there what do you we don't want to put in shit just between the ads we're like okay who wants like all over the people that the spikes and the harmonies and the U's and the whoever else now we're saying like we can put whatever the fuck we want out to the largest audience in the world we just don't want to put shit out there because why the fuck are we getting out of bed in the morning? And that is going to be our 2015, and that is why I believe I'm positive because I'm going to give it a shot. I might fuck up. I might not do a good job, but at least I'm going to have that shot, and we're going to go out, we're going to try to do something that doesn't suck. Well, there's a bunch of people that will complain about anybody in any position of power that is either above them or has more influence than them. But if there's... A person that you you would be like, oh, that guy got it. <sighs> There's a person that would be I would be relaxed in a position to disseminate information. It would be you. And again, this is more of what most people hate about this show is us sucking each other's dicks. But you're a, you're a genuine gangster. I know you do all this crazy shit, even though you have money and you can do whatever you want. You don't kowtow and you don't suck up to the corporations. And I as weird as the position that you're in is. I wouldn't want anybody else doing it other than you because I, most people would play it safe. I'm going to say one thing. When we announce anything big, we'll announce it on Joe Rogan. Why? I'll be honest. But hold on, why? Because literally, and we've said it before, and I, <clears throat> I, I, I would challenge somebody to watch the trajectory of these podcasts because <clears throat> we're going to launch one of the largest TV networks in the world. We'll launch it on the Joe Rogan show. Why? Because we're the same. Why the fuck would we launch it on today's show or whatever the fuck it is or who the fuck cares? And by the way, you only live once. We work with our friends. We do it with our friends. And by the way, we are the new audience. Oh, and one thing I'd like to say for anyone who gives us shit, because I think for 100 people who say fucking Rogan uh, and Shane doing stuff is good, when people say you're so self-congratulatory, the reason why is because Joe's a real guy. This is a real fucking dude who came fucking up. I'm a real guy. We came up, and half of it is us looking around, going, "Can you fucking believe this shit? 
can you believe where we are today? We're sitting here having a conversation which two mutual fucking dudes would just have anyway. And millions of people are listening to us. And guess what? We're going to announce fucking the next wave of media in the world together. Why? Because we can. And guess what? If we don't celebrate that we're the first fucking generation that's ever doing that, then we should fuck off. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting weird. No, you're not getting signals. weird. Signals. I'm getting we fucking just, weird things. We went uh, black for a second there on the screen for some but reason. But look, laptop. look, not just to be a human being, the fact that you and I are having this conversation, two freakazoids who would never be on anything any fucking other way, I'm, I, I, even if we get in shit for it, I'm going to say it every time because... If I'm going to ever do anything and announce anything, I'm going to do on the Rogan show. Why? Because Joe Rogan is the fucking man. And because, guess what? I love him, and that's all the fucking matters. We're blowing and each I'm other drunk. again. I'm trying to avoid this. I'm done now. Okay. I'm over. Beautiful. Everyone can fuck thank, off. The thank, world's about to end. It's not. We're going to be okay. But uh, I, I, I see what what you're, you're saying, and, and it, it sort of aligns with what I'm saying, is that we're, we find ourselves in very unique positions that we didn't expect to be in. And those positions happened uh because it was just all everything aligned you don't need to do this podcast you don't need to do this podcast why the fuck do you do this podcast well, i want to have a conversation like this with you if you and i had a conversation at a restaurant if we had a, it would be 15 to 20 minutes of your insane trips about the world we would laugh we would tell jokes but there's an awareness of the fact that this is being broadcast that makes us stay on point and focus on some, and occasionally a little dick sucking every now and then, sucking each other well, for a little bit. I don't, I don't like that whole dick sucking thing. <laughs> Not that I don't like dick sucking. Criticisms I, of us on but, but hold on. I would say the, the hundred people saying I love the, 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 the Rogan podcast versus the one dick sucker. The one thing I would just like to say is what I'm doing is saying that this is the first time in media history where conversations like this can happen. Yeah. And I don't think that's fucking dick-sucking. It, well, so it's think, a, because of a lack of censorship, and that's one of the yeah. most important things about go. what's going on there in France. You go. There you go. Like, exactly. Don't, don't criticize people exactly. that you think, you think they got it wrong with their take or their humor, their satire. No, criticize the people that are trying to silence dissent, that are trying to silence other people's exactly. criticism satire criticize those people don't criticize the people that were making cartoons also we should celebrate the fact that two motherfuckers can sit there and go out there and say whatever the fuck they want and people can listen or not listen and it's never happened before this is very it's rare never times. happened before and not only that anyone can do this any guy right now Correct. who has an iphone I mean, Duncan and I and Ari and I, uh, we've done many podcasts on planes where we're sitting next to each other. Well, one of, the, one of us will hold the phone up in between the armrests and we'll just talk and we'll have a podcast on a plane. You know you what the, also the big difference is? Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people are out there. It used to be maybe it's three, four, five, six. This is now a movement. And <clears throat> that's why, like, whenever I come here, I have to go see fucking Rogan. Why? A, we're friends. B, I love your family. C, like, I don't want to go talk to anybody else. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. So I'm not, I'm going to stop with the dick sucking. But 
But I would like to say this is the celebration of free speech, and I give you total kudos because you don't have to fucking do this. You don't have to pay for this place and do all this stuff. Yeah, but and I, I'm always blown away that you do, and I'll stop there. That's very nice. But I do because anyone who couldn't but all of a sudden was given the opportunity would, and that's exactly the situation I find myself in. And well, you, it's yeah. like, All of it is played out for all of us in, in a very unique way that none of us could have planned out, including just the, the average person that is on Facebook or Twitter that sends a message that you respond to or I respond to or anybody, Duncan, or anyone responds to. Right. We're in this weird era of communication that's never existed before. Correct. And we're a part of it as much as anyone else. And we're a part of it in that we represent that even though you, you, know, you do make uh, a, a lot of money or you do pay a lot of taxes, you still are just a regular person. Yeah. And you will continue to do those stories that you find fascinating yeah. and in need of illumination. Yeah. These, all these stories, whether it's your story, and you, you went to North Korea, you were rich as fuck, you didn't have to go there. You yeah. did that because this was compelling, and this was also something that you felt like needed to be illuminated. But you also have to look at you and... And and say, okay, you know, where's where's everyone else doing that? Where's Brad Pitt or? But he's or, doing his own thing. I mean, Brad Pitt is like he adopts a lot of kids. And but who's actually paying money out of their own pocket to create a studio, to have dialogue? And by the way, I will say this: the only thing that really fucking matters in this world is dialogue. We have to talk about shit, and if we stop talking about shit, we're dead. And you, you know, you might not agree with me, you might agree with me, whatever, but at least we can come here, we can talk about shit. Well, you know, the, if you can't talk about shit, we're done. But the way you're talking, this is what's really important. And this is what's really resonating with people that are listening to this podcast or watching it. We're talking in a way, I mean, I joked around about Anderson Cooper. He seems like a nice guy. He's know. gay. He's probably been fucked with his whole life. He's probably fine. I bet if you sit down with him, he's fine. He I never probably, met him. I bet. A good percentage of the shield he puts up is just to try to keep his job as a gay albino in a fucking white man's world. You know what I mean? But the reality is that guy can't do this. Well, if if Shane, <clears throat> if Shane Smith wants to go out and have his own podcast and you do it in a sumo diaper, yeah. one of those crazy sumo diapers, and you have all these Thai lady boys around you, and you're drinking fucking drinks with umbrellas in it, and you're, you're, you're smoking big spliffs, sure. but you're still talking about the world and important points. People will still listen. You know why? Because you're being what is absolutely 100% lacking in all of corporate-controlled media, sure. and that is authentic. Well, that's I, what's missing. I will say this: I don't know Anderson Cooper, and I don't know most of these. He lives people. in a firehouse. <laughs> but, but what I will say is, and this is a big deal um, for me, anyways, personally is we were in negotiations with Time Warner and we were in negotiations with a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I could have made a lot of money. I but could they have wanted made... Anderson Cooper and you to go on a cruise. <laughs> that would be no problem. I'll go on a cruise with anyone. No. What, 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 like, one of the things is, is everyone wants control, right? And I fought very hard to keep control. I don't even know why. Quite frankly, let's, let's be honest. Because this goes back to the one day you wake up and say, I got the money, I won the game, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I fighting so hard for control? I vote 95% of the board and largest single shareholder advice. Why did I do that? Why didn't I take money off the board and spend it? I'm not, I'm, by the way, I'm not setting myself up. I don't know the answer to that question. But at least 
for now, I run fucking Vice. Now, I don't run it perfectly because a lot of shit gets through that shouldn't get through and a lot of things happen that shouldn't happen because I don't have enough time in the day and there's a bottleneck and I have to get better at that. But the thing is, is I, I was able to launch Vice News by myself. I was able to launch a Vice News. We're up for Peabody's and Pulitzer's. I just won the the Knight Foundation Award for Journalism, which is great. And, I never even heard of that shit. Well, it's, it's, if I was trying to, I was it, at a party and I was trying to talk to a girl, but and she was like, "Yeah, I just won the Knight Award for Knight Foundation cocksucker." Journalism. In any case, what I'm trying to be, I'm trying to do a humble brag, but what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, I could do that. I could say, you know what? I'm going to override my board. I'm going to override everybody. I'm going to override my investors. And I'm going to invest in news when everyone says you shouldn't because there's no money to be made in news, which is true. But guess what? We did it. Why? Because it's fucking important. You're a guy. You don't have to do any of this shit. You're in fucking Hollywood. You're a celebrated motherfucker. You can come out here and you cannot do fucking anything and fucking kill it. Now, what I'd like to say is <clears throat> you got two medium old guys here who like a fucking few drinks and by the way we're regular dudes who just grew up and said hey i watched scooby-doo when i was young and then i did this and then i did that and now we're just sitting here that said i believe that we're in the majority i believe that us and people like us are in the majority and then we look at shit now and say hold on a second all these old motherfuckers are dying off we control this country now not only this country but probably you know the west you know with our money and with our politics. Why are we still doing all this shitty stuff? The only guy that does it week in and week out and says, why are we still doing this shitty stuff is fucking Joe Rogan. Now, Anderson Cooper, what he does is sits there and says, here's the storm here or whatever there. So, <laughs> he's not a weatherman. <laughs> so he's a weatherman. So for me, by the way, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you right now, fuck CNN, up the ass, and fuck all mainstream media, fuck Fox News up the ass. How rude. But what I will say is, we'll at least try. I'm not going to just say fuck CNN and not try to be better than them. I believe in the first eight months of Vice that we were better than CNN. We're up for all the awards, right? We are rating better than CNN. And by the way, we're not doing it great. We're not well, perfect. We're not fucking doing it great, but we're going to get there. Well, you now, most certainly covered you know, some you stories. Know, they didn't. We fucking broke Ebola. We broke ISIS. We were the first in Ukraine. We were the fox, first in Gaza. But guess who? The fucking people I'm going to go talk about that with is you. Fuck CNN and fuck 60 Minutes. They had their time. This is so done. rude. I can't be a part of this because I was about to do a, a, a deal with Larry King to relaunch Larry King Live. Well, so fine. I can't. But he's gone. He's <sighs> he's going to do his own thing. That's well, fine. he's on the internet now. He should do his own thing. Isn't he? Is he on the internet? Probably he should do his ever. own thing. But if he found out that he, get more, he gets more views on the internet than he ever did on But he CNN. will, though. He will. Probably. He will. Of course he will. Of course. If he just got somebody behind him with some shekels, give him some growth hormone, some testosterone, I, I would, uh, pump him up. I would back him except for the fact that he's fucking old as Hey, shit. easy. We're all going to be fucking old. Well, if, I'm not going to be old. But if he friend. was old and he was Timothy Leary, you'd back him. I don't know. I'm not going to be old. Some old gangster. I'm, I'm You're not going to be old. To death. You think so? Yeah. Uh, don't you think that somewhere along the line, science will save you? Science will step in. I hope some the sort shit of they will. Liver regeneration I, pill. We I give Shane a, a shot, and he I wakes up. Liver, like I did Bieber. a liver cancer piece, and I was like, I will literally give you all my money if you can fucking cure my liver cancer. 
because, excuse me, I know it's in the mail because I like to drink booze. And I got to tell you, I like to drink booze. I like to eat food. I like to sleep. I'm a sensualist. Sensualist? You like senses? I like sensual like things. Experience? Yeah. Who doesn't? I want to find that fuck. Have you ever been experienced? I want to find that guy who wants to be numb. Well, I have. He's rubbing lidocaine on his dick all day. <laughs> Who's he? That guy's the You mess. only live once and then you're dead for a long time. That's what I'm saying, dog. Fuck all those people that disagree. Sensory experience wow, is one fucking, of the beautiful things about life. The greatest thing about life is life. Enjoy your fucking shit no matter what it is, and then you're going to be dead for a long time, so just do it. The, the older I get, the more I'm just like, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The older I get, though, let's the more get out I realize, let's like, fucking, oh, this is going to end. Let's set this goddamn thing on fire and go. <laughs> when I was 20, I didn't think it was going to end. When I was no. 30, I was like, this shit's going to end way in the future. When I'm 40, I'm like, hey, when does this end? Now I'm 47, I'm like, um, how much time do I have left? Those, those are the, the, the steps. The immortality of the 20s is staggering to me now. Yeah. Because I, I used to just think it's all going to go on forever. Well, I have a buddy. And uh, he, he, he called me once, and he goes, you know what's the scariest fucking thing in the world? Teenage boys. Oh, fuck yeah. And I go, why? He goes, oh, I was the scariest. They don't know. I, yeah, yeah. He goes, they don't know. Sure. They don't know. They and they want to make a name, mm -hmm. and they want to fuck shit up and mm -hmm. smash it. Yeah. It is true. And I think that that's one of the, the weird uh, things about life is that you, you, no one comes out of the box with any sort of understanding of what the the grand spectrum of this this experience is the about. The scariest thing in life is teenage boys. <laughs> Done. Because they don't give a fuck. I was a teenage boy, and I would fuck the shit up. And every time I'm in, if you, it doesn't matter if you're in Africa, Afghanistan, whatever, if you see a bunch of teenage kids with guns, you're fucked. <laughs> if you see a guy with a gray beard, you're like, I can talk to this guy. Right, right, I can talk right, to this guy. Right. Yeah, no, you, he's right. That's easy. the scariest thing in life is teenage boys. Well, that's in, true. In in understanding of that, or in, in in consideration of that, the scariest thing in life is really ignorance, power, and ignorance together. And when you're 18, and where you and you're a young man, your idea of what you you can accomplish once you start getting laid, once you win your first fist fight. Once you you know you're at the top of the world, it's like you 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 get into this experience in life where, because of the limited amount of information that you've been exposed to, the limited amount of people that you've met, the limited amount of uh, friends that you've had, you start <laughs> you, you start forming your world, and your world is so small, it's so <laughs> tiny, but you think because of the limited amount of experience that you have, you think that this is what's up. <laughs> California uh, weed. Uh, You've been living in New York too long, son. I, I, I They're all faking. I literally that. can't talk because Joe Rogan smokes the strongest pot of life. But LASpeedweed.com right. represent. I think that the you're exactly right in that. When I was young, I would tell you I knew what the fuck I was talking about. I would tell you I understood mortality. I would tell you all this shit. But the fact of the matter is, no matter how bad the fight or how drunk I was driving my car home or jumping off the bridge into the water or all the stupid shit I did when I was young, in the back of my mind, I believed I would never die. And even 
because I hung out with this gang of kids and a bunch of them died from drug overdoses and a bunch of them died from car accidents. And it's just sad shit. There's nothing sadder than a teenager dying. But the thing is, is quite frankly, <clears throat> they all died from the boring shit. They all died from you got wasted and you fucking hit the car. You got fucking wasted and you overdosed or whatever the fuck it is. And you look at it now and go, you know how much you missed, man? You know how much of all this crazy fucking shit you didn't get to see, you know? And at that point, you're like, look, I was the dumbest motherfucker on earth when I left home at 14 and I got progressively dumber until I was probably in my mid-20s. And I think when mortality comes and gets you, and this is, I don't know about you, but it's hit me, is every day is fucking awesome. You know, I, I see the worst shit in the world every day with politics and with poverty and with the environment, whatever the fuck it is. But guess what? Fucking life is fucking awesome. If you're healthy, life is amazing. If you're healthy, life is if you're amazing. Healthy, if you're healthy and you have friends, that's the big one. That's why and, solitary confinement is the darkest shit of all correct. time. And hold on, and this goes back to our first point. If you got to be healthy. You're right. You got to, you know, have friends, family, somebody out there, you know. You got to enjoy your shit. You know, enjoy your food. Enjoy your fucking sleep. Enjoy your book, whatever the fuck it is. But the other thing is, is if you don't have future, if you don't have like, I tomorrow's going to be good too, you know, then you're fucked. And that's why we all have to participate in that shit. Sorry, I cut you off. Go well, on. it's it's inevitable. I mean, we're we're all participating because it's inevitable. I mean, we're we're all a part of this crazy growing wave. <clears throat> I've now become beings. addicted to your. Name. It's good for you, dude. Don't be scared. Very delightful. It's gonna just calm you down and soothe you, and 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 relax your soul. But That's if I had up. if I had to do all over again, I would realize that every day is fucking just. I think you, you would. You gotta kill it. I think if you had to do it all over again, you'd do it exactly the same Probably. way. Because if you didn't, you would never learn the lessons that you learned. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not claiming that I've gone the perfect path, sure. but I, every fucking disaster I've ever been a part of, every mistake I've ever made, it's made me humble or reconsider, be more considerate, be more introspective, be more observant, be more objective. Just look at it from, you have to fuck up. You can't, My, like, everybody that fucks up, they feel like they're a bad person because they fucked up. Okay. But no, you're just a person. Hopefully you didn't fuck up too bad. But that's how you learn by fucking up. Yeah. It's a you big never learn, it. When, it, when, it, when you're killing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the smartest, I'm the best. Exactly. You, that's, you learn by fucking up. That's what people hate, right? What do we, peop, what do we hate more than anything? We hate cockiness, right? Yeah. It's one of the which, things yeah, that people which, hate more than anything. Which is, yes. It's true, and I've learned that the hard way. Because I like being cocky. I like guys, I like saying, I'm going to fucking kill it. And I like other guys, I like be guys going and saying they're going to kill it. If they don't, that's fuck them or whatever. That's bro but talk. If they don't, no, but I do. I like people being confident and going out there do. and doing that shit. Of course, because if my, you, it's tribal. Well, my old man always said to me when I was young, he goes, they're going to tell you life is fair. That's not true. He goes, life is brutal. You have to be the smartest and the toughest, and you have to win, and you have to be there in the right place at the right time. And even then, if you have a little dick, you're fucked. Well, because I have a huge dick, that didn't come into it. But no, he—it was just like he was—he was—he was like honest because that's the truth. It's fucking hard. 
Yeah. It's hard, and you have to have a little bit of luck as well. And everyone else tells their kids, it's fine, it's good, it's going to be great. And my old man was like, actually, it's going to be fucking hard, so you better really fucking try to hit it, because if you get fucked up, it's only going to travel with you. And at that point, you you sit there and go, honesty goes a long way. We're wasted. We should probably go, and I got to get a plane. <laughs> Best ending of a podcast <laughs> ever. A long, drunken rant, and we should probably get out of here. Because <laughs> it's only going to get worse from now on for me. Shane Smith, you, you bad motherfucker, you. you. Every time we talk, I feel inspired. You're, you're a bad motherfucker, dude. The next time we we're, we have Love a rule, you. a new rule, next podcast, there'll be no complimenting each other. Either <laughs> one at all. Done. I love you, but it's enough. Enough okay. already. We're getting ridiculous. All right. Uh, you're, you're the best, man. I appreciate you. you very much. Appreciate you very much. I appreciate you coming on, too. Thank you very All right, much. fuckers. We'll be right back in about 10 minutes with the great Ari Shafir. Booyah! Hit it! I got arsehole on that.